This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're dying for your sins while watching spine uh-huh. number 70 in the Criterion Collection. Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ from 1988. But first, RJ, how's it feel to be jobless again? Oh my goodness. It's not technically jobless. I have a job here. Okay, so we got to address this because we got brought up last <laughs> week. Um, I went to the place and uh, I, I went in. I hadn't like actually signed a contract or anything yet. So I went in to see what it was like and to go over the contract and all that. And uh, it didn't uh, it didn't really jive with the kind of things that I was expecting. So you know what? I I declined the position. You quit okay. them. I, I quit them. I was not asked to leave by force or anything like that. And actually, I have a friend who was offered the position also, and he turned it down too. Oh. So I don't think it's just me, man. I think there's a... I think I made the right call on that one. So I'm not jobless. I'm working at the Cow Palace in Bailog uh, Auction in Creepsville, Alberta. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be doing that now for a while because I got something else cooking. But uh, I'm not going to talk about it on the show until it's a real thing mm-hmm. that uh, is a couple weeks in because I don't want to I don't want to be made the fool. Mm-hmm. But hey, but first, happy birthday, Jarrett. Thanks. So what did you turn? Thirteen or? Yeah, I'm thirteen now. Um, I'm you're like, you're I'm just the you're biggest, you're, beardiest, oldest thirteen year old you've ever seen. You're starting to get hair in really weird places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just bursting forth. A lot, a lot of nocturnal emissions. Just constantly. I uh, I imagine when I picture that, I don't think it's like what you mean. I I feel like the emissions is like gas stink lines coming out of your butt. Cause that's funny. Oh man! Yeah, I, I, well, so, I've got a show. I've got a show for you. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so, how did you spend your uh, your day of birth today? Did uh, you celebrate? Did you keep it real? Well, uh, yesterday, uh, Chanel and I went to the mountains. We went. Mm. Uh, j- just, we just went uh, an hour west of here, where the Rockies reside, and uh, right. we went and found ourselves a nice, like, abandoned uh, logging road, and we just walked up it for like five, six kilometers in the hot, in like uphill, and mm. we thought we were going toward a lake, but we we were new to this. Uh, we didn't mm-hmm. really plan this properly, and we, like, there's no no markings at all where we went, so mm-hmm. we just kind of winged it, and that was okay. And there was like a you know a point where like we started noticing, oh, there's like like big looking carnivore looking poop on the ground. It's like, mm-hmm. cause it's not like, you know, uh, deer poop. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should uh, head back down. But we kept going for a while longer because we kept thinking, right. there's, there's this lake. It's right around the corner, right? Right? No, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't. So we did that. So that was fun. I haven't gone hiking RJ since I was probably 12, which I guess is a year ago because mm. I'm, I'm only 13. Yeah, well, um, that's very true. Yeah. So how long were you hiking before uh, you heard that, like, no, 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 the rape guitar came in? Yeah. Uh, it was, like, a good 45 minutes, but we just kept going past that point, so. Mm-hmm. And then we saw them again and said hi. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds fun, but yeah. uh, it's and not then, how I'd spend my birthday. I, I know how you spend your birthday. Uh, <laughs> well, then, so then I uh, we came back and Chanel baked me some snickerdoodle cookies. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then today I just met my friend for breakfast, as I mm-hmm. do on Wednesdays and uh, during the summer anyway. And then came home, watched a bunch of movies because mm-hmm. I'm like, why the fuck not? It's my birthday. I'm going to live a little. I have the house to myself. Hung out with my cat. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, and uh, right now, Chanel's over at my sister's place making macaroons. Real classy, fancy ah. macaroons. Well, if they're real and classy and fancy, I believe you have to pronounce them macrons. 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 I was informed that one time when I was offered a job as a baker. Oh, yeah. Like, see, that, I get... That, that was like three weeks ago. And, you, see, and I, I, I noticed I, you declined, and I'm doing the quotation marks, that mm, job as well. I did, okay? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm looking for something else, Jer. Yeah. I'm, I'm still reaching for that rainbow. Yeah. You know, maybe one day I'll find it. Mayhaps. But that doesn't matter. Cool. It doesn't matter. Well, that's a sounds like an okay birthday. It's okay. It's just I don't know. I birthdays generally are kind of depressing for me because they've always kind of uh, aligned with the fact that I have to go back to school in one way or another. Like my whole uh, childhood, was, my whole childhood was like going back to school like the next day or like within a yeah. day of my birthday. Or in this case, when I work at a school, I have to like mm-hmm. my, my first day back is like. To, on Friday, so it's just like, oh, it's the end of the summer for me. Yeah, that really sucks, and uh, I'd hate to be you. Yeah, well, it's the worst. <laughs> the worst part, RJ, is you know, like yeah. when you're you got a birthday during the school year, and mm-hmm. it falls like on a school day, and people are like, oh, hey, it's your birthday. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're a summer kid, it's like you mm-hmm. don't even exist. It's like you're dead. Yeah, you're a ghost kid. I, uh, I believe that totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a sweet birthday in January. January is the best month for birthdays. Ask anyone. Okay. Ask anyone. And uh, yeah, it's the coolest because uh, it's no, it's winter outside, so no one's got anything to do. So everyone's like, let's go hang out, man. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. You get lots of candy and shit. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It's awesome. good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, I guess going back to the whole uh being uh jobless and uh mm-hmm. not, you're not you're not moving which means that nothing changes for the podcast at all <laughs> yeah see you, are, are you happy well now you now you won't be watching as many things and now you won't be able to watch as many movies in october uh i'll still i'll be able to get some in uh, i'll be able to i'm gonna pick up the the last two weeks have just been slow because i was like am i gonna move to calgary so all my free time was like spent figuring that out uh, but now it's going to settle down again, and I'll watch some movies next week, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's not like I wasn't creeping. I did some things this week. <laughs> yeah, like I, what? I watched. Like what? I watched. I watched the Passion of the Christ. Oh, and it's, a, and it's very fitting. It was for the episode that I watched this movie. I know. Should I talk about it now, or I well, guess we while could... we talk about the the movie of the day? Well, or we could just talk about you know the Passion of Conor McGregor. Ah, yeah. So I, I did watch that. You could count that as a creep, sure. Sure. I didn't watch the fight itself. Oh, I didn't. I, um, I, I, I watched Twitter uh, <laughs> because yeah. I wasn't going to pay uh, $100 to those scumbags. <laughs> yeah. You know what, actually? So we were, uh, I was with a couple guys and we went to a local establishment called Sisters. Yep. And uh, they weren't showing the fights. So it was completely empty. We were the only people there. And a lot of bros and dudes kept coming in. Like, you got the fight? Like, got the yeah, fight. you guys got the fight? And they're like, nope. And then they would just turn around and leave. Yep. And uh, so um, we saw so many people did do it. We uh, talked to the waitress. We're like, we're like, do you guys have like the fights? Or like, what are, like what's going on? And they're like, no, we didn't want to show it because 
usually that brings in certain crowds and uh, those guys usually are a little rough on the place. Cis white males. Yeah. So uh, we were like, all right, cool. And uh, so they didn't have the fights on, but they had like TSN and like uh, other sports broadcasting uh, shows on. And um, they were giving like round by round updates on the fight, even yeah. though you weren't watching it. So you, we were see who won and then they would show like stills because I don't think they were allowed to show video until the fight was over. They were showing like stills of the fight the whole time and then as soon as the fight was done all the highlights came up so we were the only ones in the place and we watched that and it was like we were there mm-hmm. yeah um actually uh my uh, friend i go for breakfast with on wednesdays uh he uh he doesn't give a fuck about sports yeah. <clears throat> and uh he actually like he did the illegal stream thing and sure. he, just, he watched like three rounds of it and he concluded, man, boxing's really boring. Like it's not very yeah. entertaining at all. I'm like, yep, that's why I don't watch boxing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, to me, I've, I feel like a fraud if I like, so suddenly I was like really into boxing and started having opinions about mm-hmm. boxing because I don't know fucking anything about boxing other than. Yeah, but you watched the other one. I watched the MMA and, but I, yeah. I've, I've watched enough MMA that I feel like I actually kind of know what I'm talking about. And I listen to yeah. a lot of people who definitely know what they're talking about. So my opinion's informed in that. Um, sure. But I knew enough that, like, I also listened to those same guys that also are into boxing. And they laid out what was going to happen, like, pretty well right. to a T, except that they predicted it was going to be a decision for Mayweather. Mm-hmm. But instead, it was a stoppage by Mayweather. So, Yeah, TKOs don't count. <clears throat> that's that's all his career is, is TKOs and but, fake knockouts. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just his style. And it works for yeah. him. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah, no, um, I used to watch the MMAs and I used to watch the boxing. So I feel like I'm literate enough in those areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both those guys are a uh, piece of shit. But uh, I think Conor McGregor is a little bit better, so I was rooting. Yeah. I mean, he didn't beat the shit out of his wife a bunch. Ah. So, uh, I mean, he's got that going for him. Uh, so that's like, a plus. Yeah, he's an asshole, but I mean, I think you kind of have to be when you when you have when you have a career like that. So I think it's, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think he's way better than McGregor, or I mean, uh, than Mayweather. Well, and yeah. You know what? Like, I I know some people are saying this, but I'm I think like he did pretty well. For a guy who's like never boxed before, I thought he did pretty well. Sure, I mean, yeah, he did fine. I mean, because there's like there's a big there's a crossover. It's not like he hasn't done yeah. boxing before in his like his whole MMA style is uh, yeah is st- standing up. Free like he, he he sucks on the ground. Like he he's got yeah. he's been that's how he's been defeated was being submitted on the ground because his ground game sucks. But generally, guys want to trade with him, and it's like yeah, don't trade with the guy who has like knockout power at least in MMA because what happens is is like guys who are training MMA they become sort of like uh, jack of all trades where they have to be kind of fluent in sure. all styles, but. They're, mm-hmm. they're not like boxers who like their whole job is to take punches and to give punches. And that's like kind of like the basis mm-hmm. of like being a boxer. So guys in MMA aren't like taking the same type of punches or throwing the same types of punches because it's like they have to be so well-rounded. So yeah, a guy mm-hmm. with four ounce gloves is probably going to be a lot more powerful in that scale than when in boxing where it's like, well, you can't just like, you know, do hammer fists, which, you know, Conor McGregor was doing apparently <laughs> in his mm-hmm. boxing fight. And it was kind of being like waved off. It's like, fine. Yeah. This is all part of the carnival. Everyone's paid their, their uh, ticket mm-hmm. price that now we can give them a little bit of a show. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, my buddy Cam was telling me that his boss uh, at the catering company he works for, he'd put a thousand dollar bet 
on fucking McGregor. McGregor? And yeah. I'm like, I guess if you have $1,000 to yeah. throw away, like, Well, sure. so the odds like, were that, 5 that, to 1, hey? Yeah, yeah, you, you so make a lot of you, money. Yeah, you, there was the potential there to make a pretty handsome, uh, a handsome profit, but uh, I was rooting for him. But you could have made a, a profit on betting on Mayweather. Betting on the sure thing? Yeah, and you could have made yeah. actual money and been like, oh, yeah, I feel good about that. And yeah. maybe play the weird odds and try to get in on some of that, like, oh, like a knockout in the eighth round or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, Conor McGregor was never going to win that fight. Um, though there was, like, I mean, of course now, uh, like, with all news cycles, it took, like, no time at all for people to start talking about conspiracies and fixes. And that oh, was all. God. Which is just, it's just such an insult to every, like, to performers. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, the risk of, if you found, if it got found out, like, everyone there would be just, like, it wouldn't be, I guess maybe it would be worth it, but you'd, you'd get dinged so hard mm-hmm. on your purse. It's just, it's nuts. It would just be a bad scene. So, like, the people are really careful about that sort of thing. But, yeah, right. there's people calling, like, oh, he, they shouldn't have stopped it. They should have waited till his brain was bleeding and he was, like, mm-hmm. a bloody pulp before they stopped it. It's like, no, the guy's zero and zero. <laughs> like, like this this fight should have never been sanctioned by, like, a decent commission. But, you know, Nevada, mm-hmm. they, they, they said it's not about the money. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what they do there. They don't do things for mm-hmm. – uh, economic purposes yeah yeah so um yeah i don't know i thought it was fine like uh i know as you said it's a it was a carnival act but uh whatever or order was restored you know orders restored the, the like the guy who's 49 and 0 beat the guy who's zero and zero and we can just uh <laughs> get beyond this and they're both richer than hell now and uh yeah. ufc's got a good big cut of that too everyone's rich except for us all, all us plebs mm. and these chowderheads mm-hmm. who like were trying to find the fight wandering the streets going bar to bar because there's this uh, great photo my friend steven took of the caribbean uh, music festival or something like that at the mm-hmm. gardens downtown <clears throat> and the photo i saw it was just emptiness like it was like yeah there also was just a bunch of like well it was women and that's all that were there and i'm like huh there's no men in this photo that's really mm-hmm. weird and i'm like oh they're all at the fights mm. guy could have <laughs> uh made a made a killing down there mm-hmm. slay some puss oh god don't talk like that you're going to put off so many people. <laughs> so, hey, RJ, how about that Twin Yo. Peaks? Yeah, see, I watched Twin Peaks, too. I watched two episodes of Twin Peaks, baby. I watched last week's and this week's. Congratulations. So I got that double dose. Yeah. Um, yeah, Peaks was super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, we can talk about it openly. If Oh, yeah. I, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Coop is back, so who, who couldn't be any happier? Everything's coming to a head. Uh, that your buddy Richard or what's his name? Not Richard Horn, or was it her Audrey's her, son. son? Yeah, yeah, Richard Horn. Yeah, your uh, prophecy was true. Yeah, and uh, which I guess whatever. <laughs> Nobody cares that you were right. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and uh, and then so he's dead. So mm-hmm. whatever. And then uh, we there were some big revelations about who is who, more doppelgangers. I suppose tulpas, tulpas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got. Uh, what else did we get in this episode? There was two lines that I thought was really funny. Uh, when there's that shootout, and then uh, T. Bag and Jim Belushi come out, and Jim Belushi's like, "What the fuck kind of neighborhood is this?" Uh, I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when Coop wakes up, 
and he's just like, pass me some of those sandwiches. I'm starving. <laughs> he, he's just, he, he, he just comes right into it. Hey, yep. he's so smooth. He's so calm and collective. Uh, you know, it was good. what did you think? Oh yeah. The, the, the last two episodes, as I mentioned last week was the last episode was great. This episode was also great. Um, yeah, it's been really, it's on hot fire. Uh, and then the sad realization that there's just one more, one one big episode, that's, one big that's, one. That's two episodes uh, on this Sunday, mm-hmm. and then the Twin Peaks talk will end. Yep, maybe to some people's pleasure, maybe to some people's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we had like the thing going on with Audrey, which is I guess that yeah she's in a coma. Maybe or she, I, maybe she's in the White Lodge. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. But well, I think it was once evil. It was kind of similar to Diane, right? Like once evil Coop did his thing, then uh, you know you weren't the same after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was some like pretty uh, exquisite acting from Laura Dern this week too. Mm-hmm. Like her like. Get, receiving the text message like that was yeah. like just money that was, I was like because like I, I was like oh shit like because you realize you, you, he sends the message and you're like oh who's he sending it to and then when he, she gets it and you realize oh all ah uh, and it's just like yeah, yeah. so good yeah and that, so her uh, kind of send off I'm assuming at this point is was great mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. this show is dark strange and but we and we got the uh I guess from last week's episode you hadn't watched it yet you got the the amazing opening sequence with um Norma and oh, Ed, and Big Ed man did you did that make you like feel good yeah. inside yeah and like, then, and, then, and then and then it was all like downhill like from dark yeah. from a darkness depressing standpoint mm-hmm. uh yeah i just remembered um the end of that is awesome when that girl is just screaming on the floor yes. it's very eerie mm-hmm. uh, and i just remembered how could i forget uh this week's episode had my main man edward vetter mm-hmm. from the pearl jam fame mm-hmm. i was waiting for him i knew he was here i knew he was going to pop up and i think they used him right yeah and all was i mean all the music has been good. I've liked all of the music, so yeah, I was happy to see a familiar face. Did, did you for like? Once. Did, did you enjoy James from a few weeks ago? Uh, what about James? Oh, when he was doing his song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did <laughs> when he was he had like the girl voice, right? Yeah. What was it's, that about? It's, it's, it's a callback because that's that's the song that he did way back uh, in, this, in the original series, yeah. and it's like right before uh, we had that amazing sequence with Bob coming over the couches and stuff. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of callbacks in the last two episodes. Peaks. Yeah, that guy with the glove, super mm-hmm. punching people in the yep. face. Ooh, yeah. I've seen some people refer to him as like the the real Iron Fist because nice. it turns out everybody hates Iron Fist, and it seems like nobody's yeah. really all that crazy about the Defenders. <gasps> ah. What a surprise! So when will they stop? Two, two or three more? Uh, when or just never diminishing when the diminishing returns kick in. Uh, I can't imagine, yeah. like, they'll continue making it just probably to a, just a lesser degree. And then maybe mm-hmm. they'll just stick to, like, the one show that actually is popular. But I they'll don't just, know. Yeah. They'll just do Daredevil or something. Yeah. Or Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, Twin Peaks, ah, baby. And, yeah, I watched a movie, but it, it's kind of related to what we watch later. Yeah. Or, well, later so you can just talk about your creeps. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, well, 
I, RJ, I, I talked to you mm-hmm. about like, well, I have all this time right now. I'm like, what should I watch? Mm-hmm. Should I watch some more Jesus movies for for the sh- for some context for uh, Last Temptation? But I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. So instead, I watched something mm-hmm. that uh, everyone I know has been telling me I should be doing for like it feels like forever, which mm-hmm. is impossible because it has been around forever. But uh, that show is Rick and Morty. Ah, nice. See, I can talk. To, I can talk to you yeah. about this. So I had not watched any Rick and Morty at all until just a few days ago. I kind of knew what it was just because I work at a comic book store, which is sort of like a pop culture hub for fandom. And Rick and Morty falls into that sort of nebula now for people who are just like really into that show. Um, mm-hmm. But I had no idea what I was selling to people. Also, I thought when I remember seeing like ads for it years ago, I was like, why are they doing this like? back to the future thing because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's very clearly what it's based yeah. or starts off at, like looking at yeah like, the the outline or like not the yeah. outline the um yeah. what's the word you know the word guys <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it's, it's it's something all right uh something all right words, yeah words uh but anyway yeah. but i've heard it's a show had been uh pumped up to me pretty big time by mm-hmm. a lot of people whose opinions I respect. So I was like, well, whatever. I've got time to watch. I haven't, watched, I haven't sat down to watch a cartoon like this in a long time. So mm-hmm. I did. And uh, Rick Murray's good. Yes. I like it. It's, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why people talk about it so much, I guess. Like, um, it's, like, I don't know. Maybe it's people like talking about cartoons. And if everyone's watching the same thing, people can mm-hmm. talk about it. So it just kind of becomes more of a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a focal point because sure. I, I don't know. I remember people like talking up like how they put out the first episode of the new season on April Fool's Day. And everyone's like, when's the mm. new season coming? But it was still like months away. And then now it's like whatever, six, seven episodes yeah. into season three. I've only seen seasons one through two now. So um, I, I think season one is good. Uh, I think season two is really good because there's a lot of payoff and stuff that they're like they're they're trying to they build up things and I think at first it's not really obvious that they're like that they're going to continue on with certain threads and then when they do come out I think like that's pretty rewarding like um some of the stories with like with Morty when uh when they find like alternate dimensions and he sees that like other Mortys just die all the time and he's got like guilt so oh. i think that stuff is really good yeah that was uh, like a, that was like a, a real turning point for the show i yeah. think cuz that's yeah. a uh, i kind of noted as uh, rick potion number 9 that episode mm-hmm. is definitely where i kind of like perked up cuz it went like yeah. quite dark and it, but it was like this and i was reading a review of it at the time and they were mm-hmm. like there's like sort of a disappointment that was like well the ending's sort of a cheap and i'm like but it's like what's interesting about it is it's like, yeah. but like, and it, and it did continue on is like sort of a, mm-hmm. it pays off later on, like a few episodes later. Yeah, yeah, they keep some of that stuff going, which I think is really good. And I actually, I have been watching season three because mm-hmm. uh, I am what you, you would call a fan, mm-hmm. so I can speak to that. I think season three is also very good. Um, I think they're so far the episodes have been more kind of. I wouldn't want to say standalone because sometimes it's like I was saying, sometimes things that they bring up, you don't think are going to matter. And then they do later on. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was mo- more or less the n- new episodes have been pretty standalone and uh, I've enjoyed all of them. I thought they've all been pretty, there haven't been any that I didn't like. There was a Mad Max episode mm-hmm. and, uh, the pickle Rick episode was getting a, a lot of buzz. I'm sure you saw pictures of that. I, yeah, it seems like pickle Rick is very, uh, uh, love or hate. It seems. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I see that. Here's the thing. Like, I never like 
I'm not a dude who would go gush about it, but I like the show in general, but I do really like it. Um, and I, I'll watch it when it, or like whenever the new episodes are on. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how it became like the monoculture the, yeah, cartoon it's, it's the of sh- the it's era. The sh- it's the show du jour at the moment. Yeah, um, it's it's the Game of Thrones in the animated world. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, because I mean, it used to be Adventure Time for a period, yeah. but now it's kind of moved on to Rick and Morty. It's moving on. It's a little bit more adult, which I guess means that it's more swearing mm-hmm. and farts. Just swearing and drinking. And farts. Yeah. And that's, that's the show I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It was like a show about farts, because this show definitely has a lot mm-hmm. of fart jokes, which oh, I guess right. I, is it trying to take back the fart joke? I hope like, so. By, by saying, look, it's dad jokes, but uh, <laughs> look, it's funny because it's dad jokes, and yeah. it's, it's odd, but it's fine. It's not like it's too, that awful i I think the worst episodes always on like any show is when they do their amazonian episodes which they did do uh in rick and morty i don't know if i remember that oh it's the episode where um uh morty gets the sex robot oh and and he like and he creates a little like like the ultra male baby that just wants to destroy things but it comes from a planet where the women have taken Mm -hmm. over and they're ultra female that episode was like all the bad kind of dude jokes yep. that you can expect. Like in Futurama mm-hmm. did the same thing with their Snoofu. Yep. Snoofu I episode. like that episode though. It's just like the Futurama one. Yeah. What about uh, that um, Cronenberg episode? Oh, well that's, that's the love potion number nine episode. Oh, that one is. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember the names, but yeah, uh, that's the episode. Cause uh, he creates mm-hmm. the uh, love potion that, that right. then just winds up turning everybody into mantises eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> or and then into Cronenbergs. Yep. And uh, yes, and then they just abandon the universe and they go to another yep. one where they've died. And it's like, and there's the whole sequence of musical montage, uh, which is mm-hmm. another, like, that's a Futurama gimmick too that uh, they actually got yep. from uh, Homicide Life on the Street uh, mm-hmm. that, that they admit where they started playing like kind of these like melancholic sort of pop songs or final episode montages. And, they've, mm-hmm. and, and Rick and Morty have done that quite a few times. Times. And like it always works, like because it's it's why they do it, but they don't abuse right. it. But it's like one of those things. I'm like I'm really aware that I'm being manipulated, because mm-hmm. uh, like when I, I finished season two, and I think I was talking right. to you last night before I got to it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not in any rush to watch season three. I'll probably wait till it's all finished, and then I'll uh, just watch yeah. all like ten in one go. Like it only takes whatever f- yeah. a few hours. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll probably just wait uh, because they had the big cliffhanger with Rick, it Rick, does, Rick yeah. going to space prison and. Uh, well, yeah, and see when that aired, it was like three years ago, I think. So that's like that's another reason I think that hype and buzz is built up to it because people were waiting for so long, and everyone and like they kept saying it was coming and coming. Apparently, Dan, uh, Dan Harmon has taken the blame for why it takes so long. So mm-hmm. I can only uh, suspect that it's because he's a bad person. So I don't know, but uh, it's I think episode six just aired. So ten will be in like four weeks. Yeah. So yeah, you got a month, and you can come back to it and just watch them all in a well, go. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably be like November or something when I watch it because October yeah. happens in four weeks. Ah, uh, see, it's just, see? there's no rush. There's no rush. Yep. It's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. Like I said, so it's not like to me. It's like it's a it's good, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm maybe missing out on what people are uh, like loving about it because to me it's like yeah. yeah, there's definitely some stuff where I've like laughed, but it's not like every episode I'm just dying. Yeah. Well, that's also because you're a bad person, though. We've uh, talked about this many times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. I'll, okay. I'll, yeah. I, I don't have any problems <laughs> with that. Yeah. You're just you're just a bad person. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that will always get me, though, with, like, any sort of, like, 
uh, animated show is when they start really getting into the world building stuff and they introduce a concept mm. like the the Council of Ricks, which I think is like yeah. is like so like oh yeah, give me it because I love the possibilities of it and ah uh, uh, see yeah see I I feel like you should like the show more than you do I I mean I like it I mean I've, I've watched yep. whatever. 21 episodes in like a day, like a day. so yeah. it's not like it was bad i just like mm-hmm. i'm not i don't i guess it hasn't completely won me over it's just like there's mm-hmm. been times where i'm like oh that's good that's like a really good setup to that but i mean if we're going to talk about like the golden age of like great animated television it's like it is a, a far cry say rj from seasons uh two through seven of the simpsons <laughs> to beat a dead ah, horse right. um but, but we we've talked about that a, a few times. Yeah. So or even know. like or even just like in comedy in general. Like when I think of like something like uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which uh, Chanel was like just happening to rewatch uh, last mm-hmm. week, and I was just like sitting down and watching some of the stuff, and it's like fuck, it's so it's so funny. That show mm-hmm. uh, holds up pretty well at this point. Um, yep. Yeah, it <sighs> certainly does, yeah. my friend. But that's enough TV chatter. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I watch the movies. And that, what did you watch, girl? Well, I watched a movie that apparently you hated. Um, and I'm, really? And I'm curious why, or if you even remember. Uh, do you remember the movie We Are Still Here? Yeah, that movie sucks. So why why do you, why do you think it sucked? Like, I thought it was okay. I'm not sure why you, like, I saw you, you were, uh, like, two-starred it. And I was like, really? Yep. Like, it wasn't bad. Like, there's nothing objectionable yep. about it. So I'm curious, do you remember what you didn't like about it? Uh, vaguely. Uh, I remember when I went into it, uh, I saw that it was getting like a lot of four stars on Letterboxd. Like a lot of people I follow mm-hmm. were like, yeah, this is it's a great like low budget indie horror film that like pays homage to mm-hmm. the classics. And uh, I think people know that we, we don't usually like like sometimes stuff like that, sometimes stuff like that really ruins the vibe for you. Yeah. And so I was like, I was going in, I was like, oh, nice. I was like, it's going to be like a 70s style horror movie. Uh, and it was like a Ty West movie. And I was just like, I don't really like this. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of boring. And uh, I thought there were some things that were just kind of like bad that I was like, Ugh. it's like, don't go in the basement. Oh, the plumber's name is Joe. That's like that joke the from beyond. that one. From the beyond. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that oh, one. look, Barbara Crampton is here. Yeah. Ooh. So, no, I just, um, I just didn't think it was that good. Yeah. But I, I don't know. See the stuff like, I mean, yeah, there's like, I'd say the acting is questionable and even like technical aspects of the movie like the actual camera work at time is like shaky like i literally see the camera like wobbling and like what the fuck Mm -hmm. like it's just like a weird thing to notice it's like i don't think that's intentional as much as i'm sure people would go yeah because of that like independent feel like you know i've actually watched those movies and they generally don't have like Mm -hmm. shots where the camera is like shaking as it's like coming down on a like uh uh, a lift or something like that. Like you can tell it's like, what the hell? Why didn't they just reshoot that or re- redo it? But mm-hmm. that's attention to detail. Um, but then like the actual like ghost things, like the, the, the smoke demons, they're, they're pretty yep. rad. Uh, the end is yeah, they're, they're not bad. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah. they just blow you up, burn you up and stuff like that. So that was good. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's surprisingly violent. Um, but on the whole, yep. I, like the whole story actually makes sense. And I actually know what that movie was about. Unlike mm-hmm. the void, um, which I was like, yep. I have no idea what the void was about. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the at the end of the day, other than stuff happened, uh, there was a cult that did nothing, and there was yep. like something about Hellraiser, and it's like, what the fuck was this movie actually about? Whereas we're we are still here is like mm-hmm. it's like a low budget effort, and I admire it because at least it was like it had a goal, despite 
some yeah. questionable performances and crappy camera work. Um, mm. And and also very unconvincing seventies uh, outfits. And also, yeah. Oh, and those the other, yeah. It's like very like I'm like, is this supposed to be like a set in the seventies? Like, or is it supposed yep. to be like? Is this supposed to be like Grindhouse? Like where it's like a uh, yeah. a, a medley of eras? Like it follows mm-hmm. or something? I don't See, think it I, was though. Yeah, I feel like you thought the same that I did, yeah. but I was harsher on it than you were. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was like. I still thought it was okay. Fine. Like it was like a fine yeah. movie. It's not like a blowaway movie. I wouldn't tell anyone to go out of their way to watch it. Um, but like I was like some like two stars. Like this movie really rubbed you wrong. But that's also kind of the uh, autopsy of Jane Doe mm-hmm. thing, where you're like, I hate this movie. And I was like, what? This movie is like really good. So RJ, you hate horror movies. I guess this one. Uh, it all comes back to that. Yeah, I know you say that, but I think I I just don't like bad horror movies, which is like eighty percent of horror movies. <laughs> No, I, I I really like the well, good that, ones. Hey, that's uh that's uh hitting the nail on the head right there. No, I know and see no, like it's, that's it's, we, we talked about this true, before. Most horror, horror fans movies are suck. Usually more accepting and more willing to watch shit because you usually do have to wade through shit, but then every once in a while you find that sweet turd nugget gem mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Ooh, nice." Uh Speaking of hot turd nugget gems. This, this isn't one of those. Okay. Uh, so, uh, my buddy Corey, I went over there. Uh, we weren't supposed to hang out on Friday, but we did. And so we, I was mm-hmm. like, we we're going through his gigantic box of DVDs and Blu rays that he's acquired that he has not watched. And one of those movies, mm-hmm. uh, well, the first movie I'll talk about after, but the second movie we watched was off this like two pack Roger Corman set that he bought while he was like visiting his parents in BC. And it was like $3. And it was like a movie mm-hmm. called The Terror Within and the movie we watched mm-hmm. called Dead Space. So this is a 19, Ooh. this is, yeah, so it's, it's, it sounds like the video game, but it's not. It is from. I'm 19, just excited for Aliens. Well, RJ, this is yep. uh, all very fitting then. So this is a 1991 movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It Amongst its cast, it's got um, uh, Beastmaster, Mark Singer, and one Brian Cranston, probably one of his earliest roles, playing sort of the uh, dickhead scientist who's trying to cure cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie, RJ, until uh, once we started watching it and I read a synopsis, it's, it's just a complete remake of uh, our, one of our favorite movies, uh, Forbidden World. Um, oh, but, it but, is? But, but poorly made. Um, like, it's hmm. just like, or so generically made without right. like any film craft on display whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, the the alien entity that, that, that grows up from a cell single cell and grows into yep. a giant thing. It just winds up turning into like a real like third rate xenomorph queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like sort of like the blobish, like amorphous blob creature that is in forbidden world. And like mm-hmm. all, all like the weird, like all those things that make forbidden world actually kind of a pretty cool movie is com- mm-hmm. like, they're just gone from this movie. This movie is like completely generic, like straight to video, full frame characters. You don't care about worth worthless, mm-hmm. like, uh, robot sidekicks that don't do anything like they they offer nothing except to die but then it's like not like yeah. a real death because it's a robot death and some questionable uh early 90s fashion mm. um brian cranston does get the best death in the whole movie he just gets his head pulled right off out of the neck which is pretty uh, unexpected nice. but beyond that this movie is just exists uh that's probably why no one talks about it um i didn't realize mm-hmm. there was a remake of forbidden world also uh produced by roger corman um mm. and uh yeah it is a skip 
Uh, yeah, that sounds bad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the first movie I watched, though, was a little <laughs> film called The Born Losers, or I guess called Ooh. Born Losers. I'm not sure which. Uh, so this is the first film in the Billy Jack series. RJ, ah. are, are you familiar with Billy Jack? I am. Yeah? Have, have you know you... how? You know why? No. Uh, a while ago, Andrea watched a little show called The Gilmore Girls. And while she was watching this show, I uh, I think we've talked about before. Sometimes when Andrea is like watching shows like that, I'll just read a book or something. But uh, I'm in the room, so I kind of I absorb a little bit bit of it. And um, they talk about Billy Jack on that show a couple times. Huh. So I was like, what is it? Because I remember I heard it once and then it came up again. And I was like, what is this Billy Jack? Uh, there's actually one one lady on Letterboxd made a really good list about all the movies referenced in Gilmore Girls. Uh, there there are many. I've seen that list. Yeah, so, I, but uh, I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Ah, well, get Chanel to watch it. She has. I didn't mind oh, it. Oh, she she did watch it. Yeah, I'm still not going to watch it. I didn't mind it. It's okay. It's good background stuff if you're like you know reading a book. Yeah. Anyways, Billy Jack, what's up? Uh so um so Tom Laughlin, the writer director, the uh van- this is a vanity project for Tom Laughlin. Okay. He wants he wanted to make Billy Jack. This is the who but he couldn't get his Billy Jack movie made. Uh Billy Jack is a uh First Nations uh Native American man living in America, trying to make mm-hmm. the world a better place through kicking ass, I guess, nice. allegedly. Um, but he couldn't make the movie he wanted to make, which was Billy Jack. But so he managed to get some money together to make a biker movie first to mm. like get interest in Billy Jack as a concept. So he just made like because like back in the late 60s, uh, biker movies were all the craze. Everybody loved bikers because of that Hell's mm-hmm. Angels. They were all around the place. Uh, I'm not sure how much mm-hmm. of the um, Hunter S. Thompson book might have fed into that but everyone was in the bikers bikers were killing and stabbing people at rolling stones concerts um mm-hmm. and uh everyone was like i want some bikers i want to live on the edge i want to be an easy <laughs> rider and so he's like i'll give it to you so he makes mm-hmm. this like fairly generic biker movie where like bikers come to a small town and terrorize people and like the law enforcement is powerless to do anything about it but then there's billy jack who's a uh i guess a, a vet and he doesn't give a fuck. He'll fuck you up, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Tom Laughlin is just like not the most convincing, like menacing person. He just looks like, right. uh, oh, what's the guy's? There's this one actor he reminds me quite a bit of, but he's just like he's kind of like a, I don't know. He's like a nobody version of Tom Berenger. Like he's just like not. Hmm. He's not menacing, but he's like we're supposed to take that he's like going to kick these guys' ass and just he'll just shoot you, and he has no qualms <laughs> doing that. He's he just going to shoot you. Yeah. Uh, He'll shoot you, sucker. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. so Born Losers, it's just like, I don't know. It's not like a, it's not even, it is definitely not a well-made movie. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like also badly made in the way we are still heroes <laughs> at times, but even more clunkily in the way mm-hmm. that um, there's the one uh, DVD company, Code Red, that puts out stuff. Uh, a lot of their movies yep. have this vibe to them that I only can define as Code Red, where they're like kind of like incompetent, but like entertainingly so. And this movie, like, yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but like it was very like Code Red-like, which I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like, why do people even know about Billy Jack? But I guess they know the movie Billy Jack more than they know Born Losers, which is the first movie. Because then he'll turn yeah. around and make Billy Jack, and then he's got Billy Jack Goes to Washington and mm-hmm. Billy Jack. And then they, they, they turn into like the... Uh, it's like the real like Steven Seagal trying to save the environment shit and like on deadly ground. If you remember that movie yeah. at all, because uh, he's got, he's got, I don't, he's got politics. You've never seen on deadly ground. 
Oh, maybe I don't know. Oh, oh man, with Michael Caine with his <laughs> dyed black hair, save, uh, save, save, saving the Arctic from oil drillers. No, I don't. That doesn't sound familiar you, you at all. Ne- oh, you ne- you def like there's only maybe one- was it on TBS all the time? Yeah, definitely. It's, probably, it's, I probably saw it. I just probably. don't remember. There's, oh, that mo- the movie sucks. Like it's it's like a ter- <laughs> Steven Seagal sucks, and that movie's mm-hmm. like directed by him. It's his only uh, movie he nice. ever made. It's, so it's horrendous. It's got two things worth watching, which is like this great scene with Mike Starr in a bar, and like there's mm-hmm. like guys getting kicked in the dick and people needing to change. <laughs> uh, it's on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the ending, which is just like. Uh, it's it's Steven Seagal going into overdrive, like just wanting to save the environment in the worst nice. way possible. Like it would make people want to like I don't know, like cut down trees and like dump toxic waste into the ocean. That's like it, it it has the opposite effect, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so I think we'll be watching Billy Jack two or Billy Jack itself. Uh, this mm-hmm. week I'm kind of excited about it. There's there's a weird vibe to the movies. It's like I don't know. They don't make movies like it, like this anymore, you know? They don't make them like they used to. That, that's right. I can say that now that I'm 13 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you're funny. Something else I watched. I watched you watch? an Italian Euro crime film by one mm-hmm. Fernando DeLeo. This movie is called Caliber 9. Um, Raro Video put it out. I I just it's it popped up on a list of like really great Italian police poliziotazzo whatever the fuck it's called. You're, it's just movies like where like the Italian police are fascists, politesi or something like that. Anyway, this movie RJ is fucking awesome. Like it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Um, hmm. It's from what 1971. Uh, it's part of the. What's this bad boy about? This uh, it's it's actually in a different era. Like 30 years on, it would be like a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, this big man named, uh, Ugo, Ugo, he, he gets, he's, he's out of jail and Uh like the, the mob is waiting for him and they're like, Hey buddy, you're out Mm -hmm. of jail. What happened to all that money you stole? And the guy's like, I didn't steal any money from you. Cause what happened was there was like a, they have this deal where they're like laundering money and it falls through a whole bunch of people. Uh, but at some point the money just disappeared and before they could, uh, Mm -hmm. find him, he wound up in jail and, uh, it's just, but they didn't want to kill him while he was in jail. Cause they don't, they wanted, they figured he was the only person who could have taken the money and they want, they want to wait to see where the money is. So they have to keep him alive till that happens. Um, Hmm. so the guy who, I don't know the name of the actor who played Ugo, but he's like super like talented. He's this big lumbering bald guy, but he's got so much personality. Um, like if this movie was remade, like say 10 years ago, it would star Bruce Willis and, Mm -hmm. uh, Dennis Farina would be the like underling or like kind of like the, the heavy that's like haunting him looking for his money because Hmm. that's just what it would be. And the movie would have sucked, but this movie has got so like, just lots of great set pieces, people getting blown yep. up with dynamite, people just getting shot left and right. Uh, but like really good characters abound. The story's really good. Um, I've, I, I try to watch a lot of this, like the Euro Italian stuff, and I find that the movies mm-hmm. always kind of drag. This one does not. This movie like mm. just doesn't let up for its whole run length. Like now I'm sounding like Leonard Moulton. <laughs> uh, you are Leonard Moulton. I am you Leonard. Nerd. And uh, but yeah, no, this movie like I totally was surprised by how good I th- like how good it was um, and right. how much I like. Like the performances, yeah, it's violent when it needs to be. It never slows down. Everything makes sense in it. Um, yeah, there's just like so many good characters. Uh, hmm. it's, it seems rare that usually there's a lot of like generic stock guys that are just going to get hit by cars or just shot offhand. But no, this movie actually sets up a whole bunch of people, and they all have their own like stakes involved. Like they they all want to accomplish hmm. things. People do things with some actual logic. Um, and yeah, the ending's great, memorable, and dark. 
yeah, this movie ruled. Hmm. What well, sounds pretty good. Yeah, I would. You, I, you I, even I, got me interested. Wow! Wow! Mission accomplished. Uh, and then I, this is like on the bridge of uh, what news of this week? <gasps> Your favorite oh. director, RJ Toby Hooper died. <laughs> Fuck him, man! I don't care. He uh, wasn't even good. Oh, like he, he made one good movie. He made one. Once. He made one masterpiece, and that's more than you or I will ever be able to do. Um, sure, but did he? Then, did he even make that movie? I don't know. Texas Chainsaw Every, Massacre. He, I'm, well, I'm positive he made that one. Um, well, he, he he did not direct uh, Poltergeist though. That one. Well, I see, think, that's what I'm like. I know he didn't make Poltergeist. Like that's just a fact now. That that is like yeah. Like I think well, it's been a fact for a long time. But like there's mm-hmm. been a lot of burials of it, and now it's right. like pretty open that like oh no, he did not direct it. Steven Spielberg was there, yeah. like doing everything, which is mm-hmm. why that movie doesn't feel at all like a Toby Hooper movie. Which is a thing where like what what is a Toby Hooper movie? So uh, uh, for for people who are just coming in yeah. who are like hey who died? I don't know who Toby yeah. Hooper is. Listening to a film podcast, Toby Hooper uh, is it was a Texan uh, filmmaker mm-hmm. who made a little movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, fairly influential film, uh, probably mm-hmm. consistently considered one of the best horror films ever made in all the world to this day. Um, right. And then he made movies after that. And mm-hmm. it, 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 there was a lot of... Is that what you'd call them? Th- there was diminishing returns uh, for the most part um, mm-hmm. with such classics as Life Force, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, um, mm-hmm. th- something mm-hmm. called Jin. Uh, he directed a Stephen King movie that RJ did yeah. not find time to watch because he sucks. What do you mean, Salem's Lot? The, the Mangler. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? This is a little for sure, like a little tease. I'm going to watch a bunch of Stephen King movies next week because there's a big one coming out. So, uh, so up your nose with a rubber hose, baby. Did you finish The Mist? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been busy. Oh. Uh, anyways, I'll, I'll, next ne- next week, next week. Uh, then so you, any, and then keep, you can watch. Going. Then you can watch the mist on Netflix. Yeah, I saw it. They just put that up there. Yeah. He also did Salem's a lot, he also which did is another Salem's lot. And that movie yeah. is very uh, TV movie. Very yeah, it's it's, it's TV a little movie. slow at points. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I watched that movie actually before I even realized it was uh, Mr. Hooper. Um, yeah. And eh. oh yeah, so here. Okay. Oh, sorry. What? So. I'm just trying to finish what I was thinking. Like, yeah. So he directed like a bunch of middling shit, basically. He, yep. His career never really recovered from the 80s. He directed movies like The Fun House, which I'd like mm-hmm. to watch again. I think for the most part, it's actually super boring, except for this mm-hmm. one amazing sequence right in the middle. That's like like amazing filmmaking. Um, right. And like, yeah, Texas Chainsaw is the best. But I rewatched a movie that I watched for the first time a few years ago, and I had gotten the Blu-ray since called Eaten Alive. Yeah. Man, you just don't like the dog getting eaten by the alligator, which was totally yeah. not real. Yeah, it's cheap and, and, and that, it's uh, and that it's monkey dumb. and that monkey and the the, yep. de- the dead monkey in the cage. Yeah, well, it's dumb. And, uh, people who put that in their movies are dumb. So, I'm I stick to I stick to I stick to my guns, man. Yeah, don't ever cross me, Duncan. Mm-hmm. You'll get yours. Yeah. Uh, so, how was he eaten alive on the second viewing? Uh definitely like it didn't have the same charm the first time I watched it which mm-hmm. like because the first time I watched that movie uh, I would pretentiously describe it as like being a, like a fever dream like because mm. it, it really is like it's like and I mean that in the worst way because you're watching mm-hmm. it and it's like this sucks like 
fuck? I want to yep. wake up from this shit. Like, why mm-hmm. is everything? Why is it all red and everyone's screaming and like messy and ugly and violent and like rapey and like fuck? Just get away from this. But like, I've mm-hmm. never seen like a movie really like that before, where it's like, <laughs> like it's like we're on a set with these actors and they're playing these roles and everyone's like keeps coming back to the same place over and over again. Like there's only two locations in all this movie. It's like, mm-hmm. it's the, the, this motel shack with the goddamn zoo and, uh, crocodile he's feeding people to. And then there's yeah. the, the brothel and that's it. Two locations. Mm-hmm. And like, they could be all in the same place for all we know. Um, and people just keep coming back and forth. People say things that don't make any sense, but it mm-hmm. really feels like, a dream. And I think it's an inadvertent feeling. I don't know if he was going for that or it just turned out that way. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I like the movie cause he does some stuff in it quite well. Like the violence that he does in there mm-hmm. is like pretty like, ugh, like uncomfortable yeah. in a, the right way for a horror movie. But mm-hmm. then there's others. There's, there's a definitely a part of that movie. That's like about 20 minutes, just too long. Like, or it's just like, you lose interest. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just like, Oh, everyone's like, sort of like tied to a bed or crawling underneath the house or like <laughs> trying to have a bath. And it's just like, okay, what the fuck? No one's doing anything for 20 minutes except for getting ready. And you get to watch a, uh, oh, the lead actor, he'd been just going around, rumbling around, looking like Stephen King and Joe Hill in his overalls uh-huh. and his goggles. And <laughs> that's what happens for like uh-huh. a good chunk of that movie where he uses his own out and you're like, yeah, I, I gotta, I wanna find something else to do for a little bit. And then the movie will get, something will happen again, right? right. And it does. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eaten Alive is not a perfect movie. I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting movie. And for the most part, sure. uh, Toby Hooper, though. He he's more of a name. He's he's no George Romero. We'll just mm-hmm. I think we can agree on that. Uh, yeah. So I think yeah, Eaten Alive is like fine. I didn't I didn't love it. It's not bad. I just yeah. I was like whatever. Uh, I like Life Force. I think that movie is pretty good. It's got that hot and, chick in it and, and yeah and puppets and puppets. Uh, Life Force is actually pretty good. Texas Chainsaw, of course, but. Uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 <laughs> is one of the worst movies I have ever seen, no, and I'm not even kidding. No, it's not. Uh, that movie is so, so bad. It's not that. It's not that bad. I, but you it, know what? It's though? so bad. It's, what's interesting is um, this guy. I don't know him personally, but he works at the university. Mm-hmm. He did his uh, his uh, masters in film, and uh, he he just started. He watched a bunch of horror stuff and was actually posting about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he had the exact same reaction that you did to mm-hmm. to it, and. It's like, because he was talking about how loud it was. And I'm it's like, so fucking loud. Well, see, so I'm curious, because like you borrowed my Blu ray, right? Yeah. And I wonder, because I, I know he buys uh, Scream Factory stuff. And I'm like, I yeah. wonder if like maybe the mix on the Scream Factory Blu ray is really like blaring if you don't have like a proper sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Yep. Like, I'll, I guess I'll have to watch that movie again. Because I remember. I wouldn't. Well. That's a movie that I have a weird like. I don't like. It's not the worst mm-hmm. movie I ever made or anything like that. But it's an unpleasant movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's stuff in that movie that goes on endlessly. Like there's way yep. more like torture and like people hanging out in meat lockers and writhing yeah. around in corpses. Way too much. Like there, it's like imbalance. Mm-hmm. Like it's def. It is no first movie. Um, yeah. It's a strange film yeah. for sure, but. Uh, I know you. I know you've got some some hate. Some hate. Yeah, I hate that movie. Yeah, but uh, I think maybe you you, you might be onto something that uh, maybe the mix is off too. Because yeah, that was one of the, my biggest problems with it. It was so fucking loud. I didn't. I like. I just watched on mute for like ten minutes. I was like, I can't even turn on the volume. 
And it's like it just made me like hate the movie even more. Right. And it's not just me because remember this happened a few episodes ago in Unbearable Lightness of Being. I was like, this movie's so fucking loud. And then listener, friend of the show, Joshua Frazier, he said the same thing. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that movie is really fucking loud. So it's not just me. So there's got to be some weight to it. But well, uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't um. I don't much care for Toby Hooper, um, especially because there is a uh, letterbox guy who started that Hooptober thing, which yeah. I think is just such horseshit. Uh, it, they should <laughs> they should have called it like Carpentober for like John Carpenter. <laughs> like he he's he's a way better pick than like fucking Toby Hooper. Mm. Yeah, there's, I don't uh, know. Well, there's so, you, so many other people you could have picked. So so RJ, do you think uh, John Carpenter is going to make it this year? As what? Out, out of oh. the living? Is he going to survive? Uh, yeah, he, well, he, I guess he's not as, well, Toby Hooper wasn't that old, I guess. 74. Didn't his girlfriend beat the piss out of him yeah. like two months ago? Yeah. Maybe that's what killed him. Who knows? No knows. Actually, it was yeah. weird because uh, uh, someone had liked it or somehow like Mick Garris's post about like mm-hmm. a, a friend of his, like a very close friend just died and he was shaking. I'd seen mm-hmm. that post, but he didn't say who it was at the time. And I was like, oh. And I didn't think anything of it. Then I realized, oh, mm-hmm. it was Toby Hooper. So I, I guess I knew about it. And I think like a few of the people on some other horror podcasts knew about it before everybody yep. else did. Because I noticed them suddenly talking about and watching Texas Chainsaw like a few hours yeah. before the official word had come out. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, what you just said, Mick Garris, or as you called him before, Shit Garris. Maybe yeah. he can die. Because <laughs> he sucks too. Uh-oh. Well, we know what happens on this podcast. Yeah, once we talk about him once on here, they're yeah. they're good as dead. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Mick, watch out. Uh-huh. So, RJ, uh, you got Yo. any other news for us? Uh, I just saw one thing, because I know your news, I think. Um, well, you heard my news. That was it. That was your news? Toby Hooper died. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw this thing that Stephen King was um getting the rights back to a bunch of his movies. He sent out, like, law things for The Dead Zone, Cujo, Creepshow, Children of the Corn, Cat's Eye, and Firestarter. Apparently, two of these were going to be made into movies this year. So mm-hmm. I was like, just because this is a Stephen King show, I thought I'd bring it up. Right. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the fabricated controversy over the new Hellboy movie. Oh, I, I could talk about that. Um, yeah. yeah. Because so what... after you brought it to my attention, I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally fucking made up. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know, people. I'm going to throw this out to you. So there's this story I saw pop up about this actor I've never fucking heard of, Ed Skrein, whoever the fuck that is. He was in Deadpool. Is. Okay, I won't give a fuck because that movie's such a shit. Oh, wait, I think he was like an act. He was like uh, on Game of Thrones for like a minute, and then sure. he got in his character he got recast because he left. Uh, so Ed Skrein, he apparently had been cast to play uh, this like whatever Sergeant Damayo character for mm-hmm. on the Hellboy show, and then. This week, there was a release saying that the actor had turned down the role and he wasn't going to be mm-hmm. playing it because he discovered that the Sergeant DeMaio was actually an Asian character or half Japanese. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, man, I just can't do that. It's not the right thing to do. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. apparently there, because apparently there was a controversy and I was like, what? Like, 
bullshit. Yeah. Like, I'm on Twitter and online, and I've heard absolutely nobody yeah. talk about this. And so I go look, and, like, I think I saw, like, the Daily Mail had some article about it. That was, like, the most mm-hmm. mainstream it was. And it had, like, no, like, it had, like, three people. And, like, they were just, like, you're, like, exactly when you think, when you think of, like, a cliche of, like, SJWs, these are, like, the mm-hmm. people saying, I'm, oh, great, another movie for me to boycott. <laughs> like, I'm, like, you weren't going to fucking see this movie anyway, asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, that's your, like, make or break point now is, like, the, the, the fucking casting based on ethnicity of a thing that you've never fucking read in your life because guess what motherfuckers i've read all of hellboy and pprd i actually That's true i've i actually know this stuff and i like mm-hmm. it, it, it wouldn't matter to anybody they make changes like this all the time <laughs> like that character like until mm-hmm. they mentioned it i'm like oh yeah i guess he is half japanese and because there, there's some comment thrown like oh it's very important to the character i'm like no it isn't <laughs> like it isn't at yeah. all it's just like well, I'm glad you're here to sort this out for oh, us. It's it's a crock of shit. Um, and then so the, nice. I don't know. I, so I think it was really easy for this guy to like turn it into a bigger opportunity to get himself over by like walking mm-hmm. away from this um, because he because he won because I saw all these people yeah. saying what a great guy. Wow, such bravery. It's nice to see that finally. And it's like yeah. what? It's like no one cared. This took no effort. Mm-hmm. Like to walk away from this like Hellboy movie to play a character that no one gives a crap about. Maybe he actually wound up mm-hmm. reading the, read the script and went. And then he heard that and he went, oh, hey, guys, we can become the guy that, like, everybody's going to be like, I'm going to see all his movies now because he's so brave. And yeah. Uh, so, uh-huh. yeah, I, I call uh, hashtag fake news on this, RJ. But, yeah. hey, folks, maybe I'm ignorant and I don't have all the facts. But as far as I know, mm-hmm. like, I think this is, like, completely fabricated because every article that was about Ed Screen talked about the controversy. And I'm like, bullshit, mm-hmm. there was no controversy. Like, it didn't happen. Yeah. And, like, I think I saw, like, then they had, like, a, a, like on the Daily Mail, they had like you know six or seven Twitter posts, and I'm like, that's not a controversy. That's just yeah. like it's absurd to it's like me. Six like, people. I used to, yeah. Like it's like I was on message boards as a kid. It's like I can't imagine like at any point like anything I had to say would wind up on the news. Like this is like just digging deep into like trying to make rel- like social media relevant in some real way. It's like unless you are like the president of the United States and making tweets of threatening nuclear holocaust, mm-hmm. um, that that's not really it's not really that big a news for most for the most part. It's just actors <laughs> saying stupid shit, and it's yeah. Like, like fuck, celebrities are like just regular people, but they're like super. They're real super people because people know what they are and they talk about them all the time. Because we're we're nothing. We're meaningless human beings. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I know, man. I know. Hard to watch. Hard to watch. Yeah, for this movie that I didn't care about in the first place, because I don't think people really. Yeah. Gilmero del Toro, those Hellboy movies, those movies are bad, and yeah. who knows? Maybe this movie could be good, but I, don't, I think the least of its problems is if this character that no one's ever heard of before is a white guy or half yeah. Japanese. It you just change it. It's fine. Hey Jarrett. Yo. Maybe you should check your privilege. Yeah, probably. All right. Probably. Bud. Mm-hmm. All right, bud. Maybe I'll go find that <laughs> Conor McGregor fight at a bar that'll show me my fight. <sighs> uh, no, we had fun otherwise. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that's what you were going to talk about. So nice. yeah, I, I kind of like I didn't care. But now that you yeah. like, well, I'll talk about it. I've got opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a podcast. I got a microphone. <laughs> yeah, you just don't have a soapbox, man. Yeah, I just got to find a soapbox out in the alley. <laughs> uh, what, what news you got there, Hoss? That was it. That's it. Nothing more. Just, just no. Stephen King talking about uh, fake 
movie news. Okay. Well, no, it's it's good because I, I did notice that apparently Akiva Goldsman or Goldsmith, whatever, was going to make Goldsmith. a new Firestarter. And uh, since he just came off such a success with the Dark Tower, it's probably good that Stephen King's trying to seize the rights. And then did you hear about this Cujo, uh, this fucking Cujo movie that they were going to make this no. year? No. Okay. It's, it's Cujo, but C uh, period. O period, J period. Why? Um, okay, hold on. Hold on. I got to find this again. Uh, this is this is pretty wild stuff. It stands for Canine Unit Joint Operations. Uh, I don't know what that means, uh, but apparently they were going to reboot Cujo to some sort of weird, like, I don't even know. Like, what is that? Like, a, some kind of military-like thing? Like maybe it's a military experiment is the reason for the the rabies. Oh, I don't know, but who cares? I just read Warner Brothers is making a gender swapped Lord of the Flies reboot. Um, okay. Remember when we reviewed that movie? <laughs> yeah, I do. Remember, remember what our review was? Okay. Yep. And hey, remember? Uh, well, remember about casting. And we're gonna. I'm oh, sure. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Draft House will have women's only screenings. <laughs> well, did you, did you see that? all the it? Yeah. Oh fuck it. Mm-hmm. So for the sake of uh, for documentation, when people come mm-hmm. back and listen to this of this fucking era we live in. So now is, is it Draft House too? They're doing clown uh, some, clown yeah. screening only. <laughs> I'm like, are you? They just so like stupid. are they just making fun of their own thing? Did they realize how stupid? I hope like, so. Like I don't know. Like I had no issue with it. Like I'm not like a fucking. MRA activist I, I could have given a fuck and I think it's yeah. funny when those guys get all mad about it so why not do it but now we're like doing clown only screenings for it so it's like uh, <sighs> they just they oh it's so oh, whatever it's goofy it's stupid but like I'm like are how they, did it come they, to this like are we are we equating like women with clowns <laughs> like <laughs> clown monsters like I don't understand sure. it's so questionable and like misguided <laughs> but it'll get lots of uh, Instagram pictures I'm sure um coming out of it and mm-hmm. uh if you have clown fear you will probably not enjoy the the next couple months because it is apparently on mark to make a lot of money next weekend yeah. it's getting good buzz man because uh, rev- you know what a good sign is there's no embargo this movie comes out in uh, like a week and a couple days and reviews are starting to come in so i think that's usually a pretty good sign yeah, so the one thing I'm thinking about, this is like maybe a bigger picture thing that uh, maybe shouldn't be coming in at the tail end of our uh, first segment on the podcast, is sure. this like uh, this idea of like monoculture, this idea that like we're all starting yeah. to like just become one thing. We're all going to be wearing mm-hmm. like Lululemon pants. We're all going to be watching the same shit, listening to the same music, and that's all we'll be doing. And yep. it seems to be evidenced by like, I just saw that, uh, I guess Dana White is saying that the Conor McGregor uh, – uh, Floyd Mayweather fight did like 6.6 million pay-per-view buys, which if true, yeah. uh, beat out the like record holder, uh, which was Mayweather Pacquiao, which was like 4.6, which yeah. beat the previous record, which was like 2.3, which was mm-hmm. like, like unbeaten for like, you know, 15, 20 years. But now it's been surpassed twice, potentially, if that's true. Right. Dana White's a liar. But if that's true, more and more <laughs> people are just like, yeah. kind of like, building up and going to the same things over and over again and things just become bigger hits over and over again it's just like is that just what's happening people are just being milled about like one giant like sponge have a drink 
It foamed up. I'm listening. Yeah, I know. It just foamed up on me, okay? Yeah, I saw. <laughs> hey, don't tell me what to do, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, see, that's what we were talking about with Rick and Morty and Game of Thrones. It's the monoculture, man. Everybody's watching. Like, I'm, I like Game of Thrones. I think it's really good. But I'm so sick of seeing all the Game of Thrones shit on, like, Twitter and Facebook all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember there was someone, when we were at the fights, someone was like, do people even, like, or... I think uh, the waitress was like, do people even watch boxing? And it was like, no. It's just because it's like, as you put it, it's a carnival act. Like, these people don't give a shit. I'm sure half of them don't even care about, like, MMA, UFC either. Mm-hmm. It's just because it's, like, the thing to, like, the, the event to watch, right? Yeah. Which is nothing new, but it's I guess it's just the scale of things have been ramped up. Yeah. This is the thing that everyone's uh-huh. going to get together on and be interested in. Even though it's like, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know who fighters are. I've never watched a... May- like, I have still never in my life seen a Floyd Mayweather boxing fight, ever. I have no idea. Like, I, I kind of know him to see him based on photos, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever actually watched an interview with him or a video. And I just know that's like, oh, yeah, I heard something about him, like, beating up women or something like that. Yeah. But I don't even know, like, what that's based on other than enough people say it, so it must be true. We, uh, just, he went to jail. There you go. But and people will still pay a lot of money to go see him box and succeed and make more yeah. money. So there you go. Million. Yeah, there's no repercussions anymore in this world. You can say whatever mm-hmm. you want. Yeah, it's, it's great, right? It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Capitalism, materialism, outstanding, outstanding, huge, tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. <sighs> well, RJ, I think it's time we talk about uh, the flip side of. Whatever uh, Donald Trump is. Sure. After the break, uh, we're going to contemplate our duality of being gods amongst podcasters and men and being Italian Uh and wonderful. Your own personal. Jesus, someone to hear your prayers, someone who cares, your own personal Jesus, someone to hear your prayers, someone who's there. Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer Take second best, put me to the test Things on your chest, you need to confess I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith Your own personal Jesus
Martin Scorsese brings us a startling vision. An extraordinary story. The Last Temptation of Christ. And we're back. And tonight, we're talking about The Last Temptation of Christ from 1988, directed by Martin Scorsese. Jesus, a humble Judean carpenter, beginning to see that he is the Son of God, is drawn into revolutionary action against the Roman occupiers by Judas, despite his protestations that love, not violence, is the path to salvation. The burden of being the savior of mankind torments Jesus throughout his life, leading him to doubt. As he is put to death on the cross, Jesus is tempted by visions of an ordinary life married to Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. So, RJ, um, are you familiar with Jesus? Hmm. Yeah, I know a guy downtown. He's a mechanic. Uh, he is of Latin descent, and uh, he's a really nice gentleman. Yeah. No, I think it's been uh, been been brought up once or twice. Uh, I am of. Uh, my upbringing was one of Catholic origins, mm-hmm. so I attended the Catholic schools and the Catholic churches. So I guess you could say that uh, this episode is where I might come out. Come out. <laughs> I was gonna say come to shine, but I was like, wait, that's not what it is. And then I was like, out to shine. Uh, yeah, I know, I know Jesus. Yeah, you know that dude. I know well, that dude. Do you know that dude? You a uh, heathen atheist? Uh, I'm aware of Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, I've yeah. seen I've seen this movie a few times. Uh, I like that Martin Scorsese. Uh, right. This so far is his only movie I think in the actual Criterion collection. I think. Yeah, um, he's pre- he's like done like there's like now like the Martin Scorsese present stuff like he's he's like working behind the scenes. He's a uh, big uh, film conservationist, and he's right. like uh, if you've ever watched an interview uh, with him, like him just talking about movies, he's cr- like insane. Like he just prattles off information that you're like, what the fuck is wrong with him? That I'm like, why can't I be wrong like he is? Where like you can just prattle uh, off yeah. stuff. You're like, wow, I wish I knew as much as he did. Um, but I guess he grew up in an era where. Like, you didn't have a constant, like, barrage of, like, new content to absorb every single second. Like, you right. you, you went to a movie. It's like when we were talking about uh, uh, Truffaut and uh, him going to, like, the movies, like, every single day and watching 39 Steps every day for, like, weeks. And, like, you really Ugh. get – and you really get to know uh, – it was uh, Lady Vanishes. You get you just get to know movies, like, inside and out. And, like, I don't know. You probably actually learn about making movies way more about watching right. stuff that way. Um, so – yeah, anyway, Marty's awesome. I love his movies. Um, mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. not, I mean, uh, he's no Toby Hooper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I made a list of like, I was like, I want to make a Scorsese ranked list. And I was just like throwing it together. And I'm like, fuck, this guy's got so many good movies. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's nuts. Um, Fucking right, man. Yeah. And uh, that Joker origin movie that he's doing, that's probably going to be the best one ever. Oh, best one ever. Uh, yeah. Well, and the Irishman for Netflix? Come on. <laughs> Uh, with uh, the CGI de-aged Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, that, and uh, well, you're, now you're just lying to me. Please, you're lying to me. Did you not hear that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know how they do that in all the Marvel movies? Yes. Where they, 
Yes. D age. Yeah, and, that's and, what. Oh, he's and they and they have so much more money to do it on those movies too, and it still doesn't yeah. look great. And now they're going to do it with like Netflix money. Oh Jesus! It's it's, it's yeah. I don't know, pain. man. But yeah, but, uh, yeah I, I like I, Martin. Yeah, I, other actually, the one thing I don't like about Marty is when he does CGI. Um, that, that I love that that Silence movie is awesome, but man, yep. there's like some some questionable oh. CGI ships. That's what I should have watched this week. Yeah, geek. That movie like well, that movie fits in like perfectly with this too because it's another like shit. book from the. 70s. I forgot that movie existed because uh, the world forgot when it came out. Remember? Yeah, it fell out of the monoculture's mind. Yeah, I and, forgot. Anyway, so Last Temptation of Christ is a movie I've yes. seen before. Um, it was always one of those weird movies that like. It's like, mm-hmm. ugh, Jesus. I don't want to watch no movies about oh. Jesus. Um, Come on. But uh, Marty, Marty's like big time. He's a, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where he is now with, with Catholicism, but he's a big time Catholic guilt guy. Uh, apparently before yeah. before he uh, became a filmmaker, he was thinking about taking up the collar. He was going to be a nice. priest, which actually uh, makes a lot of sense with this movie because mm-hmm. I think that this movie does like the best job like presenting the story of Jesus that I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. So sucks to the Bible. <gasps> it, <laughs> well, he's, he's just a small part of that anyways. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. anyway, so a little back history of this film itself. So Marty, he wanted to make a film version of Jesus' life since he was a kid. That's what he wanted to do. When he was going to the movies, checking out those King Vider movies and all the other sh- old shit that he'd watch, he was like, I want to make a movie about Jesus. But because all the other ones that he's seeing, these King of Kings and stuff like that, uh, yeah, the greatest story movies. ever told. They're just like, yeah, they're yep. oh, they're kind of cool. They're like big time Hollywood movies. They're like mm-hmm. slick. I mean, I, hey, I love that Ten Commandments movie, and I, I don't. Yep. I, that movie is awesome. Yep. Uh, or at least last time I watched it, it was pretty awesome. Anyway, mm-hmm. so while directing uh, his first like feature studio movie, Boxcar Bertha, which I watched this week, and uh, that movie's not nothing special. Uh, yeah. His uh, star, Barbara Hershey, who is in Last Temptation playing uh, Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. she gave mm-hmm. she, the actress gave him a copy of the uh, the book that this is based on. The Bible? Uh, the no, the, this movie, oh, last, oh, last, yeah. last Temptation, uh, Kazanzanski's novel. Uh, he optioned it back in the seventies, and he gave it to old Paul Schrader to adapt. Nice. Um, he was originally going to uh, follow up the King of Comedy, starring Jerry Lewis, <laughs> um, but apparently, there he wanted fourteen million dollars, and he was going to shoot on location in Israel. Um, and I guess, uh, at the time, Aiden Quinn was going to play Jesus. Sting was going to be playing Pontius Pilate. Nice. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Vanity as, uh, Mary Magdalene, which is huh. interesting. Vanity interesting. was like, her, her career is really nuts. Like wh- wh- where she kind of got to considering. Uh, I don't even know who this Vanity is. I'm going to look it up was, while uh, you talk. Okay. Well, she, uh, she was Prince's, uh, like pet project. She was like in like. Purple Rain, and then she was showed up in a bunch of other action movies, like in like shit. Like she's like not great. She's just like this broad. Mm. And anyway, her. Oh, ma- I know she was in a movie once. Yeah, she's like she was in a, a handful. Yeah, of okay. I've actually seen like five or six movies with her inadvertently. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was you know some protest to this movie existing. I'm uh, sure. That, I'm sure that Paramount get, and so they dropped this. Mm-hmm. They went, nah, fuck that. We're not we're not gonna bother with this business. And so yeah. then Mar- Marty went after hours instead. Mm-hmm. But then Universal Studios picked it up, uh, and so instead of getting that fourteen million shooting in Israel, he got fifty-eight days and seven million dollars to do it. Hmm. Uh, but I got followed by Jay Cox. He uh, revised the Schrader script, though he doesn't get acknowledged on the actual like 
uh, credit title, I don't believe. It's just Paul Schrader. Uh, in Quinn dropped out, it's Jesus. Uh, clearly, Sting is not in the movie. Um, yeah. And so that went to another musician that you might have heard of. <gasps> My uh, man. Principal Photography was October 1987. Uh, it was shot in Morocco. Uh, mm-hmm. a, f- a first for Scorsese. <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, uh-huh. And it was difficult, compounded by diff- a hurried schedule. Uh, uh, Mar- Marty said at the time, we worked in a state of emergency. Uh, scenes had to be improvised and worked out on the set with little deliberation, leading Scorsese to develop a minimalist aesthetic for the film. Uh, hmm. Shooting wrapped by December 25th, 1987. Whoa. Whoa. It's kind of like on. it's like making a movie about Jesus, or, or we're talking about a movie about Jesus on my birthday. So what, are, what, what kind of connection are you trying to draw here? I don't know. What's we, your end game? We're both Jays. JC? Jays. <laughs> Ah, JD. And and guess what? A day ago, I was also 33 years old. Oh, my. So you've outlived our boy, JC. Yeah, I did him one better. I posted that that list of notable people who died at the age of 34. I've got some Ah. uh, some tall orders ahead of me. Jeffrey Dahmer uh, is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if I I died today, I would not make the notable list. So I got got to get get cracking here. I don't think they'll be putting co-host of the Criterion Creeps podcast on the notable uh, deaths at age 34 list. Uh I don't really like your tone. <laughs> I feel like you're uh, you're not really promoting the show as much as you should be. Yeah. Be proud in what we've accomplished, man. We have like three, <laughs> three or four pretty consistent listeners. Uh, yeah, damn right, damn right. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, uh, my thought, my feelings on this movie. I think this movie is awesome. I I fucking love it. Uh, mm-hmm. it's like a movie that I like. I think it's the Closest thing that I've come across that, like, uh, I mean, obviously, it humanizes Jesus. It makes Jesus a, yep. like, approachable human being who with actual yep. struggles. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe uh, is, like, fantastic. It's, like, probably the best thing I've seen him in uh, besides fishing with John, <laughs> playing himself. Yeah. Uh, I say as performance Ooh, by goes, the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. J- John yeah. Lurie. John uh, Lurie's yeah. in this. Yeah, we got, yeah we, I didn't we, know we, if you we, noticed. We, oh, I, I saw him and I went, ah. Mm-hmm. Or Joe like that. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Like, Willem Will Dafoe, incredible performance. Mm-hmm. Actually, all the performances in this are, like, pretty good. Uh, yep. Harvey, Harvey yep. Keitel uh, as Harvey Judas. Uh, Red-haired. Just weird, crimped, like, curled, mm-hmm. permed hair. It's very yeah. it's funny. Um, but anyway, yeah. There's people that I remember, like, I've tried people making comments like, oh, what's with the accents? This is stupid. And it's just like, uh, I, I, I have no issues with that yeah. whatsoever. I mean, there's an extreme mm-hmm. form of like, everyone's got to speak ancient Aramaic now. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's that solution. Passion. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, so this movie, I remember the last time I watched it, it's been a while, like probably mm, 10 years almost. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember watching it on like Easter Sunday or something like that. And I remember being like, yep. wow, this movie's so great. Like it does like, it's the best presentation of the story I've come across. Um, mm-hmm. It's like if I were like susceptible to becoming a believer and having <gasps> faith, this movie, this is the movie that would do it. So congrats, Marty. But it's, yep. it's not, it's not happening. <laughs> um, but Jared, I, it's the greatest story ever told. Yeah, it sure is. Anyway, we'll we can, we'll talk about this stuff. I think this will be a good. Sure. I think this will be good. Uh, RJ, this Yo. is the first time you ever watched this movie. Um, so kind of. Uh, be, being from a Catholic school, a lot of the time during like 
when you would get close to like Christmas and Easter, uh, especially in like elementary schools, they would show you uh, Christian movies like this. No. Like this one's a little. I like, don't think maybe they not were, for like. I don't, kids. I don't know if they were popping this one in. Were they? I think in junior high. Yeah, I got. We were showing this one. Whoa. Um, no, they <laughs> they don't see. That's the thing. Like, man, people don't. People who aren't there don't really realize. Like, Catholic schools are pretty upfront with this shit because they want you to feel bad about what happened. It's that Catholic guilt you were talking about. Like, like Mel so, Gibson's got. Yeah, I well, they might show you the passion in like grade twelve, but I think it's fallen <laughs> out of fashion now. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, like so this movie and then a lot of the other ones too, because I was looking at, I I knew I could get one in this week, and I went with the passion for mm-hmm. my man Mel. Well, yeah. But I was looking at like all the other movies that were that had like Jesus as kind of like the main the main focus of the movie. Right. And uh, just looking at the posters, I was like, man, I've seen these movies. And there was movies I haven't thought about in probably 20 years. But uh, there were a few like Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, we were talking, there was one or two other ones. That, Jesus Christ uh, Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one. Um, lots of those like. There's a uh, few. Just, there's a few. They, uh, they still just, make them. Yeah. yeah, they still make them, but just looking at the poster, I was like, oh, man, I was like, I, I recognize that. Uh, and I think this is one of the ones, too, where just, I've seen it as a little kid, for sure. If not in school, um, it was probably playing on TV during Easter or something like that, and I probably caught it there. Um, but I, I, I recognize parts of it. I just uh, – I've never seen it as like – An adult. A, an adult. Yeah. yeah so I, I didn't count it as a rewatch because I don't – I don't. I don't play like that. Right. And you know. You, you know me. I'm. I'm just surprised that they would have popped this in in Catholic school, considering it's like uh, status is being blasphemous by some. As well, you'd be, be, dis- su- as, you'd as, be surprised uh, how progressive some schools are. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm surprised schools. that it got yeah. snuck through. But, so anyway, so uh, what do you think of this movie being uh, born uh, up on your uh, on your Christ? I like this movie, man. I think it really. It's like what you said. It really humanizes him and kind of shows like this uh pull between like all he wants is like to be a normal person which i think people can identify with Mm because we're all like celebrities that are like always in the paparazzi and it's like sometimes you just want to be a normal dude um but no one thing i really liked is uh i think his relationship with like uh judas is Mm -hmm. so so good in this like they portray it so well because judas is is like the ultimate bad guy like that guy like in the the canon, like he is, mm-hmm. like in uh, like Dante's Inferno and stuff like that. He is down there with the devil, like just getting like fucking dipped Which, in lead and whatever yeah. or silver, right? Like that's his mm-hmm. like fate. Like he is the worst person ever. Which is usually how he's portrayed too. Like he's right. usually like you don't like him, but for some reason, like uh, when I was watching this, you really you kind of root for Judas. You're like you know. You, you see him interacting with Jesus and they're like actually friends Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, they would be friends because he was one of like the 12 apostles. Right. So Mm -hmm. you, you see them interacting. It's like, well, that makes sense. And I feel, um, I think he does a really good job of showing where Judas is really conflicted about it, where it's like, he feels that it's something that he has to do. And it's also, also Jesus is like, well, you have to do this, which is how they, which is how it gets presented as well. But a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people they can't have it where it's it's like the good guy is also the bad guy it's like you need a clear guy who you don't want like and it's like well judas is the guy because he was the one who gave him up i feel like that goes against like thousands of years though of the narrative 
of what well exactly right and exactly. so it's like like so this movie is just like okay so yeah you have the judas character who in this is just like 10 times more interesting the way they're handled mm-hmm. like he's like a fucking killer and yeah. he's breaking people's necks fucking people yeah. up and like he's like i'm gonna kill you jesus if you don't, if you go off the path i'm gonna fucking kill you and it's like mm-hmm. by the end he doesn't want him to kill him anymore even though he's gone yeah. off the path but now it's like well, no, you have to. That's God's mm-hmm. plan for you. And like God's will is my will. And that's going to be what yep. you do. And it's like, and you're going to be like the villain of the story, but like it's mm-hmm. what, what has to happen. You have to do this. You have to pull mm-hmm. the trigger on it. Great. And I mean, the other yep. thing that like, and it's right off the bat with this movie too, is it, the most like interesting things is like, uh, and it's nicely alliterative, Christ, the collaborating carpenter. Um, yeah. Like the yeah, idea yeah. that he is the one, is a carpenter, he is building these crucifixes, which mm-hmm. are killing uh, fellow Jews in occupied right. uh, Palestine. It's, I guess mm-hmm. it was Palestine at the time. Uh, yeah, it's like, that's like so fucking smart. That's like, wow, yeah. like taking material that like, Man, you, you look at it from a distance and, like, you have no context to this. None of it makes any sense. Mm-hmm. This movie, like, goes in there and it's like, hey, we're going to do a c- contemporary story with, like, actors that you know that are, like, top-line actors. And we're going to, like, mm-hmm. flesh this story out in a way that, like, we're not going to hold anything sacred. We're going to, like – because, I mean, a lot right. of it comes down to the original book, too, which I would – be really curious to read just now just to see how much is screenplay and how much is the novel but i mean the book was also like hugely controversial as well um it's i'm sure a, oh yeah so i mean people hated the book and they really are going to hate mm-hmm. the movie because the movie's going to be seen by more people than people who are going to read that book which mm-hmm. was written 19 1955 yeah. um anyway so yeah that stuff is great i love like in the movie again all this stuff is the beginning like the mm-hmm. this idea of seizures uh that mm-hmm. he's being attacked with it's like yeah like in 33 uh, AD, uh, people wouldn't know, like, what, like, seizures were, like, possessed by the devil, and Mm -hmm. you're hearing voices in your head while you're being told, talked to by devils, and you're, it's, it's like, angels or devils, but he's, like, some guy's talking, God's talking to me, and it's, like, yeah, that would be a terrifying thing, because it feels Mm -hmm. like an eagle's talons are going into the base of your neck, and you're having attacks, and you don't know what it is, and a voice is telling you, you're my, you're my son. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's spiritual, that, man. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, but it's fascinating. Cause it's like, it, it's played like in this sort of still nebulous, like kind of ambivalent way. Like where like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure like, like Martin, Martin Scorsese is invested in the story of Jesus. Like as it like, yeah. no, he is the son of God, but it's mm-hmm. played in this way that like, it's not too, uh, hands on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he—it's like you said—he plays him as a human too. Like Jesus is cold as ice in this fucking movie. Like when uh, he passes Mary, and he's just like, he's like, I have no mother, I have a father, and it's just like, yeah, I could see someone when when you're—it's like Justin Bieber thing. It's like when you're told you're the best forever, you eventually like believe it, or not Bieber, like uh, Will Smith's kids. Yeah, that's a better example. When you're told like you're so great all the time, even if it's in your own head then like you kind of build build up on that hype but no i really like this because it does show a different side where um uh he's like not perfect and he he kind of like he has emotional uh like uh he he reacts emotionally to things which in a lot of cases he doesn't uh like a lot of the portrayals of him because he he's usually this very um centered like uh thought yeah, like kind of like thoughtful person. Like it'd be like, like when the, the stoning of Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. where he's just like super calm about it, and he's like, "Chill out, guys." But then uh, maybe in real life, he would just be like, "What are you doing? Cut it out!" And he'd be like really mad about it, you know. Mm. 
Because oh, hey, I, so I, I don't know, Mister uh, Stoner to Death guy. Uh, he was played yep. by Irvin Kirshner, the director of Empire Strikes mm. Back. And two, uh, and that movie, Eyes of Laura Mars. Yes, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool dude. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I like this movie because it does show a different side of it, which um, which is nice because a lot of it's like I was saying, a lot of the time you just get the kind of the same garb over and over again, which is fine too. Yeah. But uh, no, um, yeah, I think they showed us this in school. Showed huh. us this in school. They showed you lots of movies, like anything that was like loosely tied to. Uh, religion you would get shown like uh i bet they show silence in the catholic schools now yeah now they're it's a lot, on blue right it, now <laughs> yeah, they're a lot more open to this stuff than people would think right maybe like the boarding schools where like uh they wear the uniforms and stuff like that and it's taught by nuns those ones are probably a little mm. bit more strict but a little more orthodox yeah yeah no yeah um i like this movie i think it's i think it's really good um Willem Dafoe's super good. Uh, Martin, of course, is awesome. There's a there's a great like symmetry in this movie where whatever is like in frame is really like mirrored really well. Like everything is. Do you know what I mean by that? Like composition. It's like yeah, like it's all it's very balanced in in the symmetry huh. that he shows. That's pretty. I, I don't know. I noticed that. Okay. I yeah, I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was gonna say uh, my next note is like the musical score in this movie is sweet. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Uh, that that uh, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's really good in this one. Yeah, uh, he yeah. apparently won a Grammy in 1990 for it uh, for nice. best new age album. Ooh. Well, apparently it was like he he won a Golden Globe Award uh, nomination for the best original score for the movie. But the following mm-hmm. year, he released or a couple years later, he released uh, a CD called Passion, and that actually won uh, the award. Yeah, that's cool. The film I score like from Wikipedia claims itself uh, helped to popularize world music, um, mm. which I guess is like not a great thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yes. But uh, no, I was. I just remembered something I wanted to say too. Where it, uh, one of the things that I think people probably like about this movie is that it is a little bit different of an interpretation than the normal ones. But a lot of the stuff that's there, like that's just Bible stuff, like the temptate, like being tempted by the devil, like mm-hmm. when he's in the circle. Yep. And uh, he gets tempted like three times, and then later again on the cross, like that's. It's just how the story goes, man. It was just whoever, like whoever wrote this book was like, I wonder if you explored that a little bit more, what it would be like. Well, yeah, the whole idea of like the last temptation, like that, yeah. that that's like, I mean, that's the whole, that's the movie title. Like it's like all right there. And by the time yeah. you get to that point, I've like forgotten what the title of the movie was and yep. I'm just like caught up in the story. And then it comes down to like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. His last temptation, which is like the last like fifth of the movie is just a, yep. a, a dream sequence um, yep. in, in, in the style of like, it's a wonderful life. It's done well. It's done so well though, I think. Oh, it's um, yeah. Again, it's brilliant. Like it underlines mm-hmm. like the fact that no, you like if you're, otherwise you're just a philosopher. Like this is mm-hmm. part of the story that has to happen. Um, yep. And, but again, it also kind of like, complicates things for people who have to think oh no he was a god it's like well it all depends on your interpretation of that because there's like yeah there's like i mean I, i'm a little rusty on this stuff mm-hmm. um because you know as a uh, as an avowed atheist rj uh, i yep. do ha- i have done my research and i've actually tried mm-hmm. to like read a lot about this uh particularly in my mm-hmm. early 20s um 
uh, some of my close friends will recall that I, I collected a lot of like Jesus memorabilia because I found right. the like marketing and like strange mm-hmm. trinkets that emerged around him, like lenticular prints and like just like various right. religions had their like kind of iconic images of him. Mm-hmm. I, I love that stuff and I, I just collected it because you could find it anywhere around here, mm-hmm. just in value villages and thrift shops. Mm-hmm. They're just constantly like some new weird novelty so i did do my i've done my reading on this stuff i've uh mm-hmm. read a lot of this um uh belief system <laughs> uh but sure. so i believe there's yeah there's like a thing though about like the divinity of jesus and yeah. like how much of him is what and mm-hmm. and this movie obviously goes with the idea that he he was like a human yeah. Mo- like mo- like he had to live as a human regardless of his mm-hmm. divinity which i guess comes in the form of his uh magic tricks uh, his, or which, sorcery yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. which is the way it's supposed to be interpreted too like people get like i, I won't go on a, get on a big soapbox here or like a big pedestal about stuff like people misinterpret a lot about what this is and that's where a lot of the problems and any kind of big organized mass religion that's where the problems stem from is when people misinterpret like how things are supposed to be held but uh like the bible itself like even the pope who's in right now who's a super cool dude he's just like yeah you're not supposed to take a lot of this stuff literally you guys it's like it's yeah like and yeah like people like because he like the new pope is like like i said super progressive and like he he's very like open about this this shit and he's like yeah you're not supposed to believe the noah's ark story he's like that's not the point of it the point is like the the lesson that they're telling right and like i think it's the same with the jesus stuff where it's you're not supposed to be, like take it as he is this like completely uh bulletproof like god uh, godly saint like he would just be a, a guy mm-hmm. and that's you know what I I don't know why like there probably is one thing out there but a lot of people there there is the the lost years of the Bible right which is like when he's a baby between until he's like thirty yeah and then he goes out preaching like that's what that's what they should do man you explore that a little bit where he's like he is a human and he's like trying to do stuff but right. he can't well there's like that his this relationship that he had with Mary Magdalene and stuff like that and like yeah. he's like no I can't and it's like well that's like that's gonna mm-hmm. be difficult because yeah uh my next note uh was yeah being a first century sex worker would suck hmm. um yeah not, not, not a not a good time not a good time yeah. not the best career uh yeah. well but it probably was one of the few career opportunities available to you um, huh? um yeah because you get yeah, you get forced into it, and then and then one day they'll be like, you know what, we don't like this. We're gonna stone you. Yep. Yeah, because you suck. We hate you, even though we all we're all customers. Yep. And all these foreigners mm-hmm. come by, and uh, you know you really help prop up the economy with all this money you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we're, uh, you know what, the mood has struck us. We we need a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. We we need to get you out of the way. We don't know what the Old Testament says. Ah, uh, those pesky Jews. Am I right? All right, Mel. Oh, always, always looking for scapegoats. Well, I'll talk about that later. But well, holy well, shit! Well, well Mad Mel, uh, slow yeah. down there. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, then we get like the I don't know, just points of this movie. People should just watch it because it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the stream of uh, I guess guest stars: John Lurie, uh, yeah. playing John the Baptist. It's uh, mm-hmm. Andrew, or sorry, uh, Andrew Andre from the film My Dinner with Andre, which we will cover mm-hmm. one day. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, that David Bowie guy, he, yeah. he, he he shows up here as Pontius Pilate uh, yeah. with a horse. Um, it's one of those like mm-hmm. handful of David Bowie film roles that's around. Harry Dean Stanton, 
um, one, one, yeah. one of our faves, playing also a fucking murderer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and he's like always uh, great in everything he's in. Just basically mm-hmm. playing himself. Um, yeah. Then we get the uh, the sweet miracle montage. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like also haunting. Yeah, one thing I haven't really mm-hmm. like talked too much about is um, my dream film project that I like. I cannot ah. believe does not exist. But like, it would basically be a horror anthology covering stories from the Old Testament and um, mm-hmm. and like New Testament of like, just like how horrifying some of this shit is. Like, hey man, some of those stories get fucking real. No, there, yeah, there's some, like, if you actually apply that stuff yeah. to reality instead of just, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's an allegory and you actually take a literal interpretation of a world where, like, Old Testament God exists, it's mm-hmm. it's terrifying. And I'm like, where's this, where's my uh, Where's my Old Testament movie? The closest to it I think that yep. exists is the uh, that movie Begotten that I don't know anyone should uh, really watch. Yeah. Like, but uh, that is, like, the closest thing that I could find in my uh, breezing around a letterbox and being, like, and just Google searching bible horror movie and it's like mm-hmm. the passion of christ, passion of christ passion of the christ yeah. oh yeah i hate when people are like oh it's, it's a, the goriest it's like torture porn horror movie you've ever seen uh but also we'll get film, there we'll get there uh we got dancing jesus which i'm sure some people probably yeah. have a problem with too because i'm like jesus dancing dancing no, jesus it's like that's, that's like because that, that's like this is something yeah. that upsets people because like if you think about mm-hmm. like all the things you've ever seen in paintings in imagery mm-hmm. you've never seen a dancing jesus yeah. See that that's the thing too, where it's like uh when people take things very literally and they're like, he's supposed to be this uh divine like um this yeah exactly so anyways it's like he would be like that like because if he's like this guy who's like super into love and being with people and just kind of like you know loving your neighbor he would be dancing because that's what dudes who love their neighbors do yeah the the jesus gimmick is that he was down with the poor and the cripples Mm -hmm. and like the lepers like that was his whole thing yep um yeah yeah so it's all it's Mm -hmm. i mean there was there was a period of time, RJ, before the 20th century rolled around where, like, Christianity was, like, really against capitalism because, yeah. you know, the money lenders. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that whole that whole chapter uh, that just gets ignored conveniently by, like, many people. But there was a point, and then uh, there came a point where Christianity was compromised by capitalism, mm-hmm. and it became okay because that money will help the poor people, right? Just like Ronald Reagan yep. said, um, mm-hmm. with a trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, dog? Um, I do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's also some great lines here, like the semen backs up into the brain. <laughs> oh, I thought that one was really funny. Uh, I, I, I didn't know because the guy, the guy that has it, like he's so Jewish too, and it's just like when they yeah. go back to Nazareth. Oh, it's like I, I, if I got forgot about yeah. that, and then he's a magician. Um, yeah, I, I like his line where he says, make miracles or go away, yeah. which I feel like is what people still do and, yeah. or like still say about religions and things like that. It's, it's the uh, tits or get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Shit or get off the pot, Jer. Yeah. That's what they say. Sh- show, downtown. Us your, show us your miracles and we'll believe you. Yeah. It's a, it's a fair point. Yeah. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a Gnostic standpoint. It's Thomas yep. style. See, I know my... Show me your magic. I know a little... Yeah, show me your beating heart out of your chest. <laughs> show me your resurrectedness, bro. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've got cripples, screaming robes horror at Lazarus's burial, the wailing yeah. women, and it's like, oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And then poor Lazarus just can't catch a break. Um, 
So it's like it's like yeah. it's like it's a horrifying thing because like, you know I like, always like everyone remembers yeah. Lazarus rising from the grave and we all remember the mm-hmm. Lazarus pit from Razal Ghoul fame, but uh-huh. no one remembers how Lazarus gets uh, got by old it's Saul. Murps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor Lazarus, man. He he was just starting to get his flesh back. No, yeah. he was just like, yeah. oh, light's nice. <laughs> it's like yeah, like there's that mm-hmm. whole concept of like coming back from the dead and being like not a zombie or just like I'm alive again but I was dead and it was nice that way but we got, mm-hmm. got, got to shut him down uh, yep. we get the creepy Isaiah shot another like robe that's the when the, the it's like Isaiah spoke to me and there's like the scene with Willem Dafoe with like the robed up prophet Isaiah and they're just doing oh, them. It's, yeah. like, it's a flashback thing but it's like mm-hmm. I was like that's weird because usually mm-hmm. you don't get scenes like that in movies. Like you don't get mm-hmm. flashbacks to like, oh, here's the scene where he's talking to a 200 year old prophet. And so I was like looking up Isaiah and I'm like, yeah, there's like, that's the only time he's ever been filmed in a movie. They've been like, there's been some weird like meddling around and like changing around stuff. Cause like when you start getting mm-hmm. into like Bible history and stuff like that and like timelines and like how stuff was altered over time to like make things fit, even though it's right. like that revelation one, that wouldn't come true for another 200 years and it's supposed to happen right away and mm-hmm. uh it's just like yeah it's fascinating stuff especially if you start reading mm-hmm. the uh dave sim comic cerebus when he starts dealing with bible stuff and getting uh, really uh. into it because that guy has nothing but time to like mm-hmm. get into it and like come up with his own interpretations of like the whole like timeline of like sure. of judaism through christianity to islam mm-hmm. and it's all one big continuity yeah, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Uh, there's mm-hmm. my note here about a biblical horror movie that I'd love to see, mm-hmm. uh, which reminded me there's uh, Chester Brown, the uh, Canadian yeah. cartoonist. He, uh, he's he got a little bit of uh, a couple of Jesus and like Bible comics that he's made. Um, mm. Back in the day, in his serialized comic, Yummy Fur, he, did, he had a backup in it, which was like a comics interpretation of like, I think it was uh, the gospel of, oh, this is where I'm going to blank out. He did two. He never finished the second one, but it was like, I think it was mm-hmm. Mark and then he did Matthew. So the Mark one mm. was done like in a very like kind of traditional sense, but it's like done in this very like flat, un- uneff- unaffected, no inflection of tone. It's just like, here's a depiction of like what exactly what the writing is. And it's kind of like hilarious at times because he's just literally drawing what the Bible said. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he, but, but it's like a happy, normal Jesus. But then when he started doing uh, Matthew, it's like dark jesus and angry jesus Mm -hmm. and it's like way more like the the idea of like he was a radical and like vent like he was like um like like that idea of like he's a uh upright upriser and he wants to like fuck up in this movie yeah and so like that's like always stuck out to me and he also has Mm -hmm. like a whole book called mary wept over the feet of jesus which has Mm -hmm. like uh, stories from all across the um the old testament new testament stuff and like it's all like just deadpan and creepy and weird in the best way Mm -hmm. possible so I highly recommend people check that out. Um, Sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, what else? You you can see some stuff too. I'm just running through my oh, notes. I, just, uh, I was gonna say I like the uh, what like what you were saying that Jesus is a uh, rebel without rebel with the cause in this one. He's a bad boy. Yeah. When he comes in, he's like, I am here to set fire to the world, mm-hmm. to be baptized in fire. He's like, I'm gonna tear this thing down. And, and, and when he, he walks into the temple, he's just like knocking over tables. He's like, fuck you. It's like that's a badass Jesus there, that everyone's been waiting for. Well, see, there's a big jump there though, because when he yeah. when he comes back from the desert and he's got the axe, yeah. then he goes back. Mm-hmm. To, it goes to the montage of him helping out people, not doing anything particularly violent. Yeah. So, which I think mm-hmm. has a lot to do with sort of the 
uh, source material, not the actual like novel this is based on, <laughs> yeah. but the actual gospel stuff. Yeah, where it's well, like, yeah, oh. that's when he go he goes in there and he sees there's like uh, markets and like yeah. brothels and uh, all that shit, and he's just like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm gonna bring this yeah. place to the ground. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then we get uh, there's like a really wonderful bit where we get a description of what a crucified man looks like after two days on the cross. Like, oh yeah, yeah he, he doesn't have eyes. And the the dogs have eaten the feet. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. people, when you see, like, little to- trinkets that uh, mm-hmm. the, the religious world make of Jesus, um, you really lose Stables. sight of, like, how horrifying crucifixion is. Mm. Um, you, you spend some time in a church, man, with that stained glass. They don't let you forget how horrifying it is. But uh, the little crucifixes and crosses that you wear, it does kind of downplay it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's but, fun. It's fun. It's yeah, neat. go to the actual church churches themselves, and some of them are super upfront with how grisly and horrific. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can speak to that. Yeah. 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 There's like a lot of those uh, eight or all those old sculptors and uh, artists that would like do – like I was saying, like stained glass and paintings and the sculptures, like the church here that the school I was at, we would go to the church there and they have like the grisliest, like super um, macy, like emaciated Jesus on the cross. And there's like blood coming out and he's like, like crying. He's like, Ooh, and you're like, that's what's up. That's what's at the very top of like the room where everyone's facing. And you just have to stare at that like all day. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh man. <laughs> so they, they don't let you forget, but yeah, the, uh, the crucifixes and the crosses that, uh, you get for wearing and such it, uh, it downplays it's, a little it's, bit. It's a real great death cult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the best some would say some, uh, one of one of many death cults. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one thing I'll maybe mention too is uh, it's actually a fitting coincidence. I think that uh, I actually uh, I'm reading right now a book on martyrs, like on just ah, like on, like on saints and whatnot. Uh, and I because I find that like it's a that post like uh, post Christian like still in the three early three hundreds that mm-hmm. era is quite terrifying and like funny mm-hmm. like all the dis- horrifying ways that uh romans found of like just crucifying human beings and doing things to people it's just yep. like holy shit this is just uh incredible mm-hmm. the the way the the heights that people will do to do things to human bodies uh yeah. and that's what a lot of technology grows out of unfortunately mm-hmm. is like hey if we can do this if we can do this to a human body maybe we can do this for good it's like oh mm-hmm. terrific um anyway there so then we get uh that description and then we get the the beating the naked willem dafoe so they they don't uh, they, yeah. they, they don't linger too long they got a stunt double in there mm-hmm. to do like the, the those shots because you can see there's just a man with a wig on um, to, sure. do, to do the passion part of the story. Yeah. Um, and I, I just refer to this as the scene, the, the walk of shame, <laughs> the mm-hmm. whatever it is called again. I know mm-hmm. it's got an actual name, but uh, yeah. uh, there's the Victor Argo. Uh, he, mm-hmm. When he's like, when it's Paul getting like called out, he's like, hey, he's one of his followers and he denies him that whole sequence. Yeah. His run is so funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like, no, no. It's, it's like the fake guy run. Like I'm not really being yeah. chased, but I'm pretending to run. I thought that was, uh, it mm-hmm. kind of took me out there for a second. So thanks Victor Argo. Um, oh yeah. And then right. The, the fucking title of the movie of when, uh, Jesus yep. is up on the cross and we get the what if sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was good. Um, and then, so 
the beginning of the Lost Testament scene, uh, we get the mm-hmm. sliding the nails out of the holes. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's lovely. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get the, I guess like actually early on in the movie, we got like the initial crucifixion that he's helping out with and he's kind mm-hmm. of doing his pain thing that people like Christians do, flailing. But you got the pain, you get the, you get the pain belt. <laughs> The self like uh, self flagellation, yeah, yeah. But there's like the, whatever. There's a again. There's Catholic words for these things. Very specifically. Yes. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The exploration of Jesus' duality, his human impulses, mm-hmm. his sensible doubt of the voices in his head that any sane person would have uh, mm-hmm. doubts about, despite being a demigod. Uh, and then yeah, then there's the the controversy of this movie. So, are you familiar with like what happened when this movie was released, RJ? I can I can imagine. Yeah. Okay, well let me let me read through here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film opened on August twelfth, nineteen eighty eight. The film was later screened as part of the Venice International Film Festival on September seventh. In response to the film's acceptance as a part of the film festival's lineup, director Franco Zeffirelli removed his film Young Toscanini from the program. So he's probably a good uh, Italian Catholic boy who uh, had a nice. problem with this movie even being considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a headline. Attack on St. Michael Theater, Paris. On October 22, 1988, an integri- hmm. integrist Catholic group set fire to the Parisian St. Michael Theater while it was showing the film. A little after midnight, an incendiary device ignited under a seat in the less supervised oh. underground room where a different film was being shown. The incendiary device consisted of a charge of potassium chlorate triggered by a vial containing sulfuric acid. The attack injured 13 mm. people, four of whom were severely burned. The St. Michael Theater was heavily damaged and reopened three years later after restoration. The Archbishop of Paris had previously condemned the film without having seen it, but also condemned the attack, calling the perpetrators enemies of christ the attack was subsequently blamed on a christian fundamentalist group linked to bernard antony a representative of the far-right front national to the european parliament in strasbourg and the and the excommunicated followers of archbishop marcel Le, Le uh similar attacks against <laughs> theaters included graffiti setting off tear gas canisters and stink bombs and assaulting film goers at least nine <laughs> people believed to be members of the christian fundamentalist group were arrested five militants of a group called general alliance against racism and for respect of the French and Christian identity were given suspended (laughs) prison sentences of between 15 and 36 months as well as 450,000 franc fine for damages. Um, René Ramond, a historian, said of the Christian far right, it is the toughest component of the National Front and is motivated more by religion than by politics. It is a coherent political philosophy that has not changed for 200 years. It is the rejection of the revolution, of the republic, and of modernism. So who says that there's only radical Islamists that will like hurt a bunch of people to get their point across? Um... I think that there in any group there are people who yeah. ruin it for everyone else. Yep. <laughs> and um, that's just how it goes. So, okay. To get down to the the controversy of this film, uh, The Last Temptation of Christ, eponymous final sequence depicts the crucified Jesus tempted by what turns out to be Satan in the form of a beautiful child. Experiencing a dream or alternative reality where he comes down from the cross, marries Magdalene and Larry, Mary and Martha, and lives out his life as a full mortal man. He learns on his deathbed that he was deceived by Satan and begs God to let him be God's son, at which point he finds himself once again on the cross. At other points in the film, Jesus is depicted as building crosses for the Romans, being tormented by the voice of God, and 
and lamenting the many sins he believes he has committed. Because of these departures from the gospel narratives, and especially a brief scene wherein Jesus and Mary Magdalene consummate their marriage, which I, it, it's, I guess some people would be very upset by that ever happening in any way, but sure. nonetheless, several Christian groups organized vocal protests and boycotts of the film prior to and upon its release. One protest organized by a religious Californian radio station gathered 600 protesters to picket the headquarters of Universal Studios, then parent company MCA. Mm-hmm. One of the protesters dressed up as MCA's chairman, Lou uh, Wasserman, and pretended mm-hmm. to drive nails through Jesus' hand into a wooden cross. Jesus. Evangelist Bill Bright offered to buy the film's negative from Universal in order to destroy it. The protests were effective in convincing several theater chains not to screen the film. One of those changed mm-hmm. General Cinema later apologized to Scorsese for doing so. Uh, hmm. Mother Angelica, a Catholic nun and founder of the Eternal World Television Network, described Last Temptation as the most blasphemous ridicule of the Eucharist that's ever been perpetrated in this world, and a Holocaust movie that has the power to destroy <laughs> souls eternally. Hence, nice. RJ, me being like, really? They let you watch this in Catholic school? In some countries, including Greece, Turkey, Mexico, Chile, and Argentina, the film was banned or censored for several years. As of July 2010, the film continues to be banned in the Philippines and Singapore. Hmm. Uh, yeah, like, I get it. Like, I see why people would be mad about it and all that. But, like... Uh... I'm pretty sure I watched this in school because it, it was what, like 30, 30 years or 20 years later or so, maybe. I don't know. When did this come out? 86? 80, 88. All right. So it would have only been maybe like 15 years later or so. Sure. But uh, no, I watched this in school. Hmm. So like I said, uh, like some places are a lot more rigid in their strictness, but uh, I don't know. Where, I guess maybe where I went to school, they were just cool with it. They're like, yeah, <laughs> check this shit out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So there's yeah. one thing that popped into my mind while I was watching uh, the movie too, uh, like during the last temptation scene is mm-hmm. like, I was thinking about Henry Hill in Goodfellas in his like life okay. after being a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'll, uh, I'm going to read this. See, the hardest thing for me was leaving the life. I still love the life, and we were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all. Just for the asking, our wives, mothers, kids, everybody rode along. I had paper bags filled with Mm -hmm. jewelry stashed in the kitchen. I had a sugar bowl full of Coke next to the bed. Anything I wanted was a phone call away. Free cars, the keys to a dozen hideout flats all over the city. I'd bet 20, 30 grand over a weekend, and then I'd either blow the winnings in a week or go to the Sharks to pay back the bookies. Didn't matter. It didn't mean anything. When I was broke, I would go out and rob some more. We ran everything. We paid off cops. We paid off lawyers. We paid off judges. Everybody had their hands out. Everything was for the taking. And now it's all over. And that's the hardest part. Today, everything's different. There's no action. I have to wait around like everyone else. Can't even get decent food. Right after I got here, I ordered some spaghetti with marinara sauce, and I got <laughs> egg noodles and ketchup. I'm an ordinary, I'm an average nobody. I get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. and that's like the story of Jesus here in the last temptation. Yeah. He gets to live. He gets to be a schnook like the rest of us. Schnook. Yeah, pretty close, I guess. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that is an a astute grab. Mm-hmm. On your part, it just like popped. Well, then I was like, "Oh, maybe I should rewatch all of Marty's movies because it's been a you while." You should have and watch all twenty. Well, the twenty-four <laughs> that I've watched, and there's about two or three I haven't seen of his like feature films, and then there's his like documentaries that I don't care so much about, like his Bob the Rolling Dylan, Stones one. Yeah, give me well, yeah. well, just the one Rolling Stone one and his uh, yeah. Bob Dylan one. I like I should see them. 
because I actually I like mm-hmm. both I bo- like them both, but it's just like mm-hmm. I haven't got around to it. Uh, but yeah, I think like Jesus getting mind gamed by the best player <laughs> of the game there is, the devil. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I think man. that I think that's like pretty good. It's like yeah, like that's the yeah. devil. He. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the movie Silence basically has the same weird, resigned finality of the Last Temptation sequence. Only it's real yeah. in Silence. Yeah. So yeah, ah. Silence is great uh, too. People should watch that movie. I um, I feel like mm-hmm. people are always in the rush to like talk about the next big thing, and they forget about really good movies that pass. Like, yeah. Especially dramas. Dramas kind of fall because they're not like boom wow whizzy like they just they're not like mm-hmm. it's the same level of excitement as saying like oh man i think guardians of the galaxy is one of the best movies of the last 10 years it's like no sure it no yeah it isn't like you should yeah. like fucking read a book get out there do something with your life quit bothering everybody buy a horse move yeah. to the mountains stop bothering everyone yeah well i mean i'm gonna go that far i mean you should still engage in culture don't be a dropout i mean you could still uh, contribute okay. but you know you get same idea stop bothering everybody with your, your i ignorance. understand anyway yeah uh any other thoughts about the about this experience um does it does it reaffirm your commitment to, to Christ. You, you know what man this is gonna sound lame but watching this and then passion i was like yeah yeah I was like, this is this is what they trained me for all those years in Catholic school. <laughs> so you can go on that crusade. Yeah, go on that crusade and then years later come back and be like, you know what? You guys were right. Yeah. So uh, uh, do, you, do you want to do who hates or do you want to do uh, the passion? Uh, I'll just talk about passion real quick. Get Go for it. Uh, so it, just because it'll be nice, it'll be a little comparison because uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of overlap. Because a lot of these Jesus' movies cover the same are you material. Saying, are you saying that they hit the same plot beats? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't... Like, I, I like seeing different interpretations of it. As I said, it's the greatest story ever told. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I actually... So, I haven't seen Passion in probably like 10 years. Whenever it came out, which I think was like 2004 yes. or something yeah. like that. You're right. Um, I haven't... So, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. And, uh, no, I, I actually... I, I like the Passion, man. I think... In, uh, obviously I like all of Mel Gibson's stuff. There's a few things that are a little weird. Um, this movie might be what you would call non-anamorphic. I still don't know what that means, but watching it, it was a little weird. Um, like the way, the way things looked themselves was a little bit weird. I don't know if it was like the cameras that were used or what was going on, but it just didn't look super great. Um, there's a few slow motion scenes, which sometimes it works pretty good. Sometimes it's like, uh, it's a little much. Um, but on the whole, like, I, I like this, I like this story too, because I think this really kind of, some of the other ones shy away from how shitty it would be to be brutalized and fucking nailed to a cross. Mm. And, uh, that is a hundred percent what this movie is. It's just like, Mel, like, I mean, obviously, but Mel Gibson's like, Hey, you guys know that this was really horrible, right? And like, even if you don't like, uh, like, I think it's through historical documents, it's been shown that like Jesus was a guy, but say you even didn't believe in Jesus. They did crucify people. Oh yeah. Like a lot, a lot. So even if you don't like buy into all that aspect, just watching it as say like, uh, just to see what it would be like for any of those like thousands of people who were crucified, you would just be like, holy shit. Um, 
and it's it's really effective too. Like I didn't realize this when I was watching, but uh, when they go to the torture scene before he gets crucified, like the punishment scene, mm. um, they drop all the subtitles. So you like uh, all the Roman guards are still talking, but there's no subtitles. And I thought that was like a really interesting choice because it there's no there's nothing to draw you away from what's happening. Like he forces you to watch it basically. And it, he doesn't like do it. Like it, the scenes are, they're very explicit and they show everything, but like, he doesn't like linger there too long. Like he does cut away a lot to Mary and, uh, the reaction of the people watching and watching and stuff like that. So I just thought it was interesting how, like, cause the whole movie's in like Hebrew or, whatever language they spoke yeah um and then uh for that scene there's just no subtitles at all and i was like oh interesting um but then he there's a lot of scenes that do overlap with last temptation like you get the last supper scene mm. you get the praying scene like before he gets captured uh you see a lot of judas stuff you see him talking to Pon- uh, Pontius pilot um you see like the trial and then temptation has a little bit of that torture stuff or like they they just like hit him with a whip for a couple minutes in yeah, the last station that's we, about it you don't really see the trial in no he just Temptation. talks he just talks to Pontius Pilate for a little but, bit but that's not the tr- cause the trial that you see in yeah. passion is with the because it's like really giving it to the Jews the Jews yeah exactly because yeah. in yeah that's Cause, the cause, one well, thing that's, in passion is yeah. uh Pontius Pilate is just like Hey, I don't really want to do this. I don't think this guy. He's like, I think this guy's crazy, but I don't think he did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And the Jews are like, crucify him. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, I don't want to. Are you, sh- are you sure? Yeah, there's like 20 minutes. It's like, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather choice B? And then it's like, oh yeah, just all the like the hermetic, like really orthodox Jews are like, no, yeah. get him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he uh, he really. <laughs> It really uh, plays that up a lot. Um, but no, man, like I, I like I do like passion. I think I think over everything else, if you're not religious, that's like that doesn't matter. If you are a different religion, that doesn't matter either. I think at, at the heart of it, which is like to a big broad statement of every religion, even atheism, just being a good person <laughs> at the heart of it. It's just like what like the ideas he had and stuff like that it's it's just really common sense stuff it's like hey you should just be nice to people and then it's like the idea that someone who was trying to say that and like trying to do the right thing was fucking like brutalized and murdered for it it's like it's sad and it's supposed to be sad you should feel you you should feel bad for it but not because of religious guilt or anything like that it's just like yeah that really sucks well two things on that so yeah like this idea that like hey some of these ideas are pretty useful they're pretty good uh it's like so i mean that goes back to the like life of brian thing where like life of brian is exactly that where it's like hey like like just do good things. Be nice to people. Yeah. And it's like, what do you yeah. mean by that? It's like, what sort of obstinate asshole would have an issue with a lot of this? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's that aspect. But then uh, there was actually another, because uh, I only read comics because I can't read books. Yeah. Um, uh, Alan Morris Promethea. There's like the one mm-hmm. issue when uh, the characters are kind of going down the Kabbalah and they hit like kind of the, uh, yeah. uh, God, the, the golden sphere, like kind of the sun sphere, which is like kind of where wisdom yeah. and like... Uh, the sun god comes from and like this whole idea of just like this the re-emerging concept of like sun gods and like 
Jesus is basically derivative as a story of this sun god. Um, sure. And that, like, it doesn't matter if there was literally a Jesus or because there's, yeah. like, all these other stories of this character who, like, dies every day and comes back. Mm-hmm. And this idea is imparting love or wisdom to people. And regardless of this death, they come back the next mm-hmm. day. Um, that's sort of this, this core idea. But, like, this idea, mm-hmm. too, of, like, oh, uh, God, like, the actual God has sent uh, his his son as a ambassador to Earth to like mm-hmm. show his will and humanity rewarded that by nailing him to a cross mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like Jesus it's like what does that yeah what, what does that say about fucking humans because that's the thing is like always exactly. like the idea of like well if Jesus showed up this day would he get the same treatment and Probably. Um, by going on Twitter uh, you would go yep. yes. Yes, they would, because um, mm-hmm. people suck, and uh, that's that, that's sort of the ongoing thing. There's no cure in yep. stupid, and there's no cure in people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a lot of really well-meaning good people out there, somehow yeah, there's people who exactly. uh, they've gone astray. RJ, there's that's what I was saying before. In any group, no matter what it is, it could be a religion, it could be a fucking group of dudes who go play darts like after work. There's there's gonna be one or two people who ruin it for everyone. You know that one that one uncle he who gets too drunk at like family reunions and then everyone gets uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's like the people from those extremist groups, and you're just mm-hmm. like, ah oh, man. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I, that's kind of the way I feel about it. I was gonna say one last thing about Passion. Yeah. I had uh, so I watched it last night, and I had crazy fucking nightmares last night i'm not even kidding i woke up i was pouring sweat and i don't remember what they were now but i do remember that it was jesus was involved i think because uh the thing with passion too like i mean again obviously watching those scenes they're fucking brutal man like you're watching and you're just like oh my god when he's getting like skin torn off of his fucking torso Mm. for like 15 minutes you're like oh good lord um yeah, I had crazy vivid nightmares last night. I don't remember what they were on, but uh, I was going to – ooh, shit. I just remembered something totally unrelated, but I wanted to bring it up. So you know how you were talking about how uh, – so our news was about Toby uh, Hooper dying? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember last week when we went to SummerSlam and I told you about <laughs> the dream I had? And and I, I'm not kidding. Jared's response – I told him this dream I had the night before and his response was, nah, that's made up. He's like, no, you didn't have a dream like that. Do you remember my dream yeah, now? Yeah, well, I remember Toby, your mutant son who lives in the sewers. <laughs> uh, and that, and he was defending you and defending Papa. And it's yep. like, okay, you're just lying. You're just like, this is not how dreams work. It's it's so, in my dream dream. And now, and now Toby the- Hooper's dead. So yeah. I don't know. I guess you killed him too in your dreams. In my dreams, yeah. It's in my dream journal. I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote it down. I had a mutant son with a hunchback, and he came out of the sewers when it was raining. And uh, I tried to kill him at one point, I think. Uh, But then he saved me from a mugger, and he was going, Papa. Uh, And I was like, no, Toby, get away. Back into the sewers. So um, yeah. So my experience with uh, Passion of the Christ, uh, Mel Gibson's <laughs> yeah, film, yeah, is yeah. I watched like about the first half or so, like quite a bit into it, and then the DVD just fucked up. It just like oh, it, really? it was like it was like a because I was waiting to watch it previously viewed from Blockbuster, mm-hmm. and uh, it came out, and I went and got a copy, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this thing, and yeah. I remember like halfway through, it just like started screwing up, and I was like fuck this. And then like, I started just skipping around and then it was like oh, sometime later that I uh, learned about this, like the antichrist shows up in the movie. And I was like, what, yeah. when does that happen? Mm-hmm. And then I saw that scene 
And that's still uh-huh. one of the, the funniest things I've ever seen. Like it's so misguided and like just uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem too so there is a build up to that. It's not out of nowhere. Yeah. So but, when 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 Judas is like yeah. running around feeling guilt, he like little kids are like bullying him and they have those like old man faces. Yeah. So uh oh, oh he God. he builds it up into it. And then and then the antichrist turns and smiles uh i that that I, that was uh my msn messenger pick for a very long time you can ask, <laughs> sure you can ask all my friends and then like yeah, yeah that, i love it mm-hmm. um so yeah that's all i really can say about uh that movie because i've never watched yeah. it at all because uh huh. god didn't want me to watch it i guess well this was the week you could have did it i have two copies of that fucking thing on dvd non- i would have went to non-anamorphic Boo. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know what that means, but I'll, I think it was. I'll go get the uh, really blue-looking Blu-ray of it. Have you seen oh, the case yeah. of that? It's like just blue. It's the strangest thing. Because like actually, the, that like, movie's. It starts out the first ten minutes are super blue. That that movie was totally marketed though as like yep. a slash like a as a torture porn slasher movie from that era though. Like I I, guess, I, I did yeah. a I did a blog post about it way back when, uh, mm-hmm. back when blogs were a thing, and like it had the same like dark bloody brown canvas look yeah. that like Texas Chainsaw Massacre had uh, uh Hills Have Eyes remake they all had the same poster art style I'm like what the fuck sure. it's like it's totally intentional like mm-hmm. he, it was a horror movie so Mel Gibson's part of the splat pack of the era <laughs> making apocalypto and that mm-hmm. he was tapped in to raw it- animal violence Fallen son, man he's a hell of a guy it's, it's too bad he didn't, doesn't get to make cuz I know at one point he was going to make his Maccabees movie Mm-hmm. Um, and then that didn't happen because, uh, the, the incident occurred, yeah. um, the incidents, I guess. And then, uh, yeah. what else? And then, yeah, he was going to make some other movie. Like the... he, uh, since he's been back, he's saying he's going to make a follow-up to the passion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sequel. Which, right. Yeah. The, the... I think he was saying it was going to be like a purgatory type deal, which sounds awesome. Uh, I, I would I, watch the fuck I, out I, of that. Hopefully it's just about, uh, Mel Gibson in Hollywood being a uh, conservative and <laughs> liberal Hollywood. Yeah, why won't anyone answer my calls? Yeah, and it'll, and it'll be like it'll, it'll be violent too and really intense, and yeah. the Antichrist will be like a Hollywood producer at Warner Brothers or something, with a huge nose. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, it'll be like the most anti-Semitic film yet. Nice, I can't wait. <laughs> anyway, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> so, who hates Last Temptation of Christ? I'm sure quite uh, a few. Vargis Iman gave this movie half a star. Blasphemous mm-hmm. garbage, the worst movie of Scorsese's career. A devout, oh. Cal- a devout Catholic made this. Come on, don't uh, be that guy. Nald that... gave it one star, and in brackets, because it's like a thesis paper: identity, sex, violence, mysticism, mm-hmm. spirituality, religion, and then the hubris and tone deafness required to create this film is mind blowing. Let's see: white leads playing Arab and Jewish people. Check. Non-white <laughs> cast exoticized and dehumanized in ornamental roles. Check. Strength of narrative relies on audiences' preconceptions. Check. Hilariously Americanized dialogue and orientalized score. Check. Come on, guys. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to do that. Yeah. I'm sorry that an American movie was made with American actors. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. Give- yeah, like I'm, 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 yeah, it's just, it's just goes like what? No one talks about this about other countries. It's just uh, anyway. That stuff's stuff, such a small thing, though. Too, it's like who fucking cares? Yeah, it, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't like and like yeah. the, I remember like years ago when I watched the movie, I thought like sort of like the 
the exotic eyes people like we're kind of like mm-hmm. weird and kind of spooky but like i don't know it's just like the culture of the time it's alien too like I, you yeah. can't like you it's like hard to imagine it's like man society has really changed a lot in 2000 years like the world was mm-hmm. really different and kind of odd and like i'm sure the film actually did its research quite well to make things look accurate or like if it, right. or, 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 if, or if it's shorthand then it just adds to like sort of the otherworldliness of traveling back in time in making a movie mm-hmm. about a divine entity <laughs> like not, not a <laughs> yeah. big deal uh brendan mm-hmm. last one here one star tedious slow and dull not not three words that came to my mind um uh, in fact when i checked the time code on this movie it was mm-hmm. like 140 just because like and that's yeah. usually one of those cases where i'm like oh how much longer is in this movie and mm-hmm. i was like oh, okay cool because martin scorsese is such a great filmmaker his movies just slide on by mm-hmm. um because usually there's times where i check and i'm like oh it's been 40 minutes this is like oh it's been an hour and 40 minutes that's pretty good yeah. um so a tedious, slow and dull. The film looks and sounds like a made-for-TV film. The dialogue is wooden and lazy, and the acting isn't of a good enough standard. It's a controversial mm-hmm. film, however, through it in its controversy. And nice. people have forgotten <laughs> to one. ask the question, is it any good? And the answer is an emphatic no. It's just mm-hmm. terrible, preachy, overwhelming with no substance. I'm not, I'm not passionately for or against religion, but I am passionately against this film. There's always that guy who's got to say something, something, this film. This film. Because everyone wants to be Leonard Malton. <laughs> Uh, I hate that. It's yeah. so dumb. It's like my favorite. Uh, his his Leonard Maltin's review of Silence was like, "Silence is golden." <laughs> it's like man, you sh- got him, sh- man. Sh- shut the fuck up, Maltin. Yeah, <laughs> Maltin. Jeez. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's incredible to me that this film continues to offend. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, some people suck. Yeah, but you know that's about people, it. Yeah, people. Some people suck. Some people are assholes. Yeah, I don't. Know. Any other thoughts? Uh, no, I like this movie, man. I good. think we did a good job tonight. Yeah, we covered a broad, yeah. uh, a broad spectrum. We covered that spectrum. We covered the spectrum. After the yeah. break, uh, RJ and I will be tricked by the devil, and we'll <laughs> live our lives out as we are living them out right now, and die at an old age as Jerusalem burns. <laughs> It'll be great. Mm-hmm. RJ, do you nope. have a favorite martyr? Um, yeah, this guy Stan. I didn't want to have to do it, but Saint Stan. 
Yeah, Saint Stan. Um, he left me no other choice. Oh, how how do you go out? <laughs> uh, it was a it was erotic asphyxiation. Wow. Not that'd, auto though. That'll be quite a pendant. Um, yeah. Yeah. Legit, my I think mine is uh, Saint Bartholomew. He got skinned oh, yeah. alive. He's got a really, nice. he's got an there's an incredible statue of him like somewhere hmm. in Italy, and he's just like this fully sculpted man who's been skinned alive, and he's holding his own skin under his arm. It's uh, horrifying, but fantastic. Wicked. So yeah, uh, that's one thing that you can say about religion is sometimes it can inspire some pretty incredible art and makes people mm-hmm. really reach for the stars and make some really cool stuff. But yep. and you can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us about your favorite saints or lack of faith or whatever you mm-hmm. else you want to talk about. Uh, Oliver sent us actually a, a comic that I'll have to send to you, RJ, uh, about what, how he imagines our day-to-day life. Oh, um, my God. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the Letterboxd. Uh, I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all those platforms. Next week is spine number 71. And we're, uh, well, RJ, how do you feel about opera? Um, I'm neither pro nor con. Okay. Well, we're going to be watching uh, a movie that is a feature film of an opera. As it hmm. happens, it's a, it's a made for TV. But this, oh, little, this little ditty, though, is directed by one Ingmar Bergman. <gasps> okay, I'm, I'm back on board. And this is The Magic Flute from 1975. Um, this is a blind one. I don't know. Any, I don't really know much about it, other than I don't know anything about the Magic Flute as an opera, mm. and uh, I'm not a big fan of live performance. But this is film, and it's Ingmar Bergman who has yet to st- uh, lead us astray here on the creep. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very yeah, good. That's about it, I think, for another week. Yes. Yeah. So hope you enjoy listening to us actually talk longer about a movie than we did in the first half talking about nonsense. Yeah, a, a rare occasion. Yes. So I guess we'll leave and we'll just say, love one another as I have loved you. Yeah, turn the other cheek and shit. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yeah. Can I, I'm going to take you to church next week. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Good night, folks. You, you might like it. <laughs>